Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? And we got a guest host, Gregor McGrath. What's up? What's up? up? This is episode 280, The Absolute Gregor McGrath. All right. (laughs) All right, before we get into that interview, let's, uh, let's catch up with everyone's week. Who would like to go first? I guess I can go first. Yeah. What'd you do, Kevin? I did almost close to absolutely nothing. Yeah. I started up R2-D2 and I drove him around the garage because I had a ton of homeowner shit to do this weekend. And it's going to be a couple of weekends of doing not hobby-related stuff. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. did that for the guy who came out to my house to replace my AC unit in the garage apartment which is like 16 years old old or was and found out that there he got a lifespan about 10 to 12 years so we got our money's worth out of that one uh mm-hmm. even though we've only owned the home for like three years <laughs> right and uh, yeah so it was good it, he, i'm glad the guy replaced it and his he brought his kid with him it was a sad it was the past saturday that they came out to do it and Oh, okay. I was like, all right, let me fire it up for the kid. You know, maybe he wants to see it. Yeah. Of course, the first thing he's like, can I ride it? And I'm like, no, you can't ride it. <laughs> I'm like, I'll give you the website. You can download your own and print them out and put them together and ride that one if you want. That was it. <laughs> so he went beep boop and I put him away. <laughs> you really need that shocking thing to stick yeah, out. Shock yeah, little cow yeah. ask that. Cow yep, thing, absolutely. Like, sure, just walk over there close yeah, and take yeah. a close look. <laughs> I, and, kick, yeah, put the taser on him. Yeah. yeah go over and get close <laughs> to him. I dare you. Uh, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Flamethrower. Smoke. I'm working on the smoke <laughs> thing. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Because the, I don't know, the the upside down like spray bottle, some- like air air compressed air bottle, when I was shooting that and experimenting in my garage in Jersey, um, it was kind of had a bad smell to it. So I'm like, I really can't be spraying this around kids. But maybe that kind of kid I could. I don't know. <laughs> Damn. Knock them yeah. out for a few minutes. I don't know what happened. They said it's non-toxic. <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know. Uh, but that's all I did. I moved stuff from one side of the garage to the other. I've been painting. I painted the entire apartment. Uh, because my sister's moving down next weekend and I'm driving, well, I'm driving down with her. I'm flying up to New York and driving her down. And then the weekend after that, she wants to go see my mother, which is like two hours away from me now in Florida here. So, uh, we're going to do that next weekend. I might be able to get out and fly on Sunday, but, um, you know, yes. Steve Shaw hasn't been, really bothering me to go flying, which is good. He's like, I know, I know you need your space and you're trying to get all settled in. So he's been, uh, he's been really cool about it, but I'm loving life in sunny South Florida, man. I get up in the morning, I take the dog out and it's like 80 degrees and gorgeous out. And it, 
it maybe the other day it was like 91 degrees and it was not 91 Jersey weather. It was 91 uh, Florida weather. It wasn't humid at all. And I was uh, enjoying it because I've been in freaking Jersey and 70 degrees and sweating my ass off in the shade. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually like enjoying 90 it. 90 something and 80, 90% humidity at the Helifest. It was hot. Yeah. And I had to, uh, I had to repair a door. I had to replace the door, which the guy that lived there before uh, either punched it or kicked it and put a hole in it. So I had to replace it. And, of course, he didn't get his security back. But I would have gladly given him his security if he was the one that was repairing it and replacing it. Because, yeah, it's a $40 door, but you got to get the hinges lined up correctly. And, Uh you know, and then painting it, uh, which, dude, I'm telling you that uh, painting was no problem. That, That paint was dry within like an hour. And, uh, you know, two coats each side and it was, it was hung <laughs> and working. So, uh, that's about all I did this weekend. Been, work's been going really well. I'm enjoying all the people I work with and, uh, doing a lot of training. That's, that's all I've been doing. Didn't go to Discord Friday night because, uh, I think Friday night my son-in-law was bowling. We went out to, to the bowling alley with him. Uh, he's a really good bowler. He's bowled like, uh, I think I said it on a show. He's bought like six or seven, 300 games, which I thought was like close Holy to shit. impossible. Yeah. He's, he's really good. Wow. So it's, it's fun. We go out and we hang out, you know, get dinner at the bowling alley and just chill. Yeah. Have some drinks, bowl. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. So who's next? Uh, who wants to go next? Oh, I can go next. Okay. Um, didn't really do much hobby stuff uh this week uh all i did was uh i think really hobby related i only did uh discord but i was also wrenching on the drake that night as well um i ended up putting getting the drake back together um i had one of the the actual servo links that was actually still intact and i just went off the measurements on it all the way around and uh put all new links you know, for the for the swash plate to the servos and uh, uh-huh. set up perfectly, like nothing ever happened. Uh, nice. I went to do a test flight and determined that, um, yeah, the blades weren't spinning, but I was hearing motor. So it's like obviously I completely stripped out the grub screw on the um, on the motor pulley. How'd you strip that out? It, it was under power when it uh, oh, when I, I had guess, my mishap. Yeah. So oh, okay. I ended up finding a, a, a grub screw, getting that replaced, and did a test hover out in the street underneath the streetlight. Works great. Um, hey, don't course, go above that streetlight. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, everything works like it should. And, of course, you know, I was on there uh, with the – there's quite a few of the usual sp- suspects that were in there. Uh, I know uh, – Gucci ended up showing up, and uh, on top of, uh, let's see, Shaggy was in there briefly. I mean, there was quite a few people that showed up, and they were on there actually pretty late. Uh, I know Mitch Allen and Gucci were talking about competition for, like, ever. I guess guess, uh, Mitch Allen's, like, really interested in it, and he was kind of squeezing uh, Gucci's brain about that, so it was really cool. Getting uh, Gucci yeah. all worked out for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, and of course he's all about that. Uh, you know, fun with wags. 
Yeah, that hover life. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun as always. And then uh, Saturday, I ended up putting a uh, couple flights in on the Drake. And then, you know, I had to take care of stuff around the house, went to work for a little bit. And uh, Sunday morning, I ended up just doing a full-fledged flight with the, the Drake. Cool. I don't I don't know if it was the placement wasn't right as far as uh, where I had the grub screw, but I stripped it out in the middle of the flight. I started doing like some flips, did some TikToks. The next thing I know, I, I you just hear it go, and then there goes the head speed. It's like, oh, shit. I had to do a forced auto. <laughs> Jeez. Which almost tells me like. What hell is this on? Drake. Uh, the, the Drake, Drake 700. One you yeah, just. Black. A black thunder spore. Yeah. Do you not have a flat spot on your yeah? I I do, but I think I uh, missed the mark on that one when I uh, installed (laughs) it. I think it. I was just past it. Yeah. Oh, you missed the mark, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like if you usually depending on I guess your the the length of this the grub screw or set screw like that would stick out. (laughs) You'd have to hit that flat spot or go in. Enough usually, unless you're using like a very small grub screw. Uh, no, it was actually one of the stock replacements because you know uh, I I ended up finding an extra grub screw in the the little bag of bits. You know, as far as the extra hardware that comes in with the uh, Drake. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, it was. It went all the way in like the previous one. I I don't, I, I don't understand how you could have that problem and not destroy the motor shaft, like. Something weird's going on. Like you said, it was stripped before when you crashed. Yeah, yeah it was like, completely stripped. It... it didn't score the it stripped. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, did it? Did the grub screw pop out of the threads and strip the threads out? I could see that happening. But it's no, it actually, it actually, you know, pulley. The, it actually cut that whole piece that is actually making contact with the motor shaft off. So it was like completely smooth, and, and there was no scoring on the actual shaft itself. I have no idea. I've never actually heard of that happening. That doesn't like make that. any sense. Um, yeah. I've never really stripped like pulleys before because the belt ends up giving. So right. even under power, like I wouldn't think it would. You know, if the set screw shear the set screw, right? Because that's set, what you're talking about. Installed, installed properly, it'd be almost impossible for anything to happen to it unless, unless it, it backed out. Right, unless it pushed the set screw out by pushing the aluminum threads out and everything like that, I can see it could, like ruining the pinion. I don't even see you how the, that set screw could come out. Like that, I don't though. see how that could happen before the belt would give those two. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it, when I had the mishap at Spring Fling, it was under power, so it's like I mean, it's like yeah, I've crashed under power too before, but eh, who knows? You know. It crashed in a certain know. way. You fucked up something. We're sure of that. Ian, we need a film crew to follow you around full time. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what, what you screwed up, but it's, we're yeah, pretty yeah. sure you screwed up something. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just, just, just Facebook Live all your rebuilds. <laughs> we'll point it out. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, hey, I did a forced auto. And yeah. it didn't it didn't end in pieces. No damage? Nice. Nice. Yeah, it nice. came down nice and easy. And of course, I'm thinking because at first I was thinking like, did I do something with the ESC? Because I am running a castle in it. And um, 
I looked it over. There was nothing hanging up. There was nothing smoking. And it's like, okay, I powered it up. It powered up and I put it to, uh, you know, it was just on bank one and it was, it had just a little bit more head speed than idle. And it's like, okay, no, I, I stripped something. So it's, uh, it, it's on, on the wall right now. I haven't gotten. I want, I want you to take a picture of that that motor pulley set screw in your motor shaft. I, I, there's got to, if it's slipping, there's got to be. Yeah. Ah, uh, absolutely. I'll take a picture of it. Cool. I haven't actually taken it out since uh, putting it back together. Like once it's stripped, I mean, if I hold on to like the main rotor head, I can turn the motor, but it takes a little bit of force. So there's, you know. It's still gripping. It's not like completely gone. I think it might have either backed out or. What motor do you have wrong. in there? You sure you uh, put a set screw in it? Yeah, I put a set screw in it. Oh, um, you wouldn't even be able to take off without one. It, it'd just fall off. <laughs> no, because it's, it's a third bearing. It wouldn't fall off. It would ride low. On, yep. You know, on everything. But what what um what motor do you have on there? Uh, I've got the Nick the Scorpion Nick Maxwell motor in it. Hmm. Okay. I can't think of the numbers off right offhand. <laughs> um, Just wondering if there's no marring or scarring or anything on the pinion. I wonder if the the motor shaft slipping on the the bell housing instead. That's all no, I want to take a picture too. of it. If you're not, yeah. if there's no marks or nothing, and everything looks good, but it's still slipping, maybe on the other end it's slipping. You know. It could yeah. very well be, but I, it, like I said, just keeping an eye on like the, the actual, yeah, pulley and everything. It's it, I think it's slipping on the motor side because the belts aren't turning when I'm holding the head still. So it's a motor spinning, but the yeah, motor spin, you know, independently of the motor shaft, if it isn't set it anymore, you know, it set screws back down. You can or see set, that though, but you would oh. see it, yeah, yeah. Because I'm holding on to the actual rotor head, and then I'm turning the motor, and I'm not even. Well, we don't need to troubleshoot it right now during (laughs) our (laughs) weekly recap. So, Um, but yeah, yeah, take some pictures. I'm interested in seeing seeing. There's got to be some damage if if it's slipping like that, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, The only other thing that I've got, um, I ordered the the ring for my OS 37. So hopefully here soon that comes in, so I can. put together the NX4 and get that off of my wall. It's like hanging on my wall in pieces. Looks depressing. And I also got in a pair of ESCs. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. I got a, a Scorpion oh, no. 200 oh. and got a Scorpion uh, 130. Yeah. Yeah. Those came in. Uh, I want to say Saturday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool, Sweet. man. Yeah. Got them from Steve. Yeah. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, let me know when you got that uh, left liver ready for me to take. You know, Absolutely. I, just need, I just need the left part of the liver. I don't need the whole liver. Just, just a piece. <laughs> uh, okay. He's got more than one. Damn. <laughs> it's just the left part. I just need a sliver of it. To grow a new one, that's all. That's yeah, he, he he needs the good part of the liver. Yeah, yeah. It rots from the right side 
to the left, so I'll take the good part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Uh, I guess I can go. go. Mine's oh, short. Yeah, Andy. Yeah. <clears throat> go for it. I did almost the same thing as Kevin, as in nothing, but I did get some flying in over the weekend. Oh, Just nice. a few. Nice. Cool. A couple flights on Saturday and a couple on Sunday. Flew the raw. Uh, almost crashed due to an accidental blade stop about 50 feet up. Yeah. Yeah. I was coming down for an auto and thought I was upright and thought, okay, I'm going to do a roll. So I did a roll, but I kind of screwed it up and Uh, almost did a complete blade stop. And I was only about 50 feet up. So I bailed out really quickly and luckily no issues. Was able to recover. Nice. But that is why I run my blades pretty tight. Uh-huh. And when I folded them out to fly, I was like, these are a little looser than they should be. But thankfully, <laughs> they didn't fold up on me. I had no issues. Nice. Yeah. One tip is if you ever get in that situation, mid-stick, zero pitch, and try to bail uh-huh. out. Don't yeah. keep digging in because that will just make it worse. But someday I'll set uh, up a bailout. Yeah, you, yeah, you really should. I mean, there's no reason not to. Well, there was no bailing out when I was three feet off the ground trying to flip inverted to upright. No, so there was no bailing out of that. Yeah, but still. But you're right. You should always have a bailout. You're right, Andy. When you're right, you're right, and My you know. are right. I know. I'm always right. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> No, I did some auto practice and just kind of goofed around. Cool. Much needed auto practice. It's a good thing those skids are pretty tough on the raw. I was jackhammering it in all day. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, to two or three landing autos? <laughs> yeah, the three landing. Three landings in one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I've done. I, I didn't do the Discord or Sim or nothing. Yeah, so. just Jackhammer. Yeah, <laughs> remember that? Just shit? a couple times. Yeah, man. Yeah, Jackhammer. Awesome. Cool. Uh, what about you, Steve? What have you been up to? So I flew on Saturday. Um, Sherry, Tim's girl, basically planned a little 40th birthday celebration for Tim at the field. Right. So it was at Fredericksburg area RC, and um, yeah. It was cool. It was a good group of guys showed up. Lamont, James, uh, obviously Tim and Sherry were there with Tim's kids. Jean was there. Cliff, Lewis, Rob Monty, Mike DiPaolo, a um, bunch of club folks too. So it was a good, good amount of people. Um, Mike DiPaolo kicked ass on the on the flat top. Cooked us a hibachi dinner, which awesome. is pretty interesting. Um, you know, he needs to work on that showmanship part, but. You know, he could dad, he could cook a shrimp really good. Though. He wasn't flipping <laughs> shrimp in his hat. No, no, he wasn't oh. doing all that stuff. He, he was flipping oh. shrimp in somebody's mouth. You know? No, yeah. you know, so the so the cook the cook was good. Like you know, all the food was cooked. It tasted great, seasoned. But yeah, the showmanship. Got to work on know. the flair. Yeah, the flair. He didn't get a very <laughs> he didn't get a very big tip. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Monty, oh. next time, make sure Steve is facing the other direction before you start cooking. <laughs> Monty, you mean DePaulo? Oh, DePaulo, sorry. 
He's an engineer. He could come up with some kind of robot to do all that. Yeah. Yeah. He'll write some machine code and get it all. Yeah. You know, a shrimp flipping robot. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, Just nanobots see. cooking for you. I know somebody's but, um, not getting any more food. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was good, though. It was, it was good. Um, the cake was good. Um, yeah. We had some good flights. Uh, oh, who else was there? Dan DeMain. My name was there, too. He nice. came down from Maryland, so, so nice. that was good. Um, and he threw down some awesome nitro flights on his uh, Oxy, I guess, Oxy-5 nitro or some 600. Um, yeah, he lost the tail and had a crazy crash. And uh, mm. unfortunate, but always great to watch, chicken dance. Mm. <laughs> it ripped the shit out of the thing. And it's one of those chicken dances where it's like, you know, it's like it whips around and it's kind of like sitting there and you're like, okay, I can kind of walk up to it. I can kind of slowly walk up to it sideways. You know, you kind of like crab walking to it, but you know, you know. and then all you again. hear is bang and you see sparks flying out from the car clutch and you're like, oh shit, this shit's going to explode. Yeah. You start running the other way. Oh hell, I'm going to die. Yeah, it's like, eh, pew, pew, and just, it just killed itself. It, it actually hit the ground, whipped around a little bit more from the head. And then it just like yeah, the clutch was obliterated, like just destroyed, completely gone. Mm. You know, the bell housing just gets shredded, and the, all the heat and everything just spitfires the little chunks of metal everywhere. Um, so it was, it was, you know, we did at least got to see a pretty crazy crash. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure what happened. The tail gave out. He said though, he was you know doing his maneuvers how he does, probably about five feet off the ground or so, and. Yeah, one time he flipped up, it tailed and turned, and he went straight on the tail, and it uh, mm. yeah, it just ate itself. Now, did that take place of the candles? Candles? Yeah, the birthday candles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting, because they did have, like, um, one of them sparkler type of candle toppers, but it didn't go off, so I guess this was to make up for it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So, but it was uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I let people fly my local two hundred around, kind of get get a difference on the. I really like having people fly an M two and a local two hundred back to back. I think it's interesting. Um, a couple folks got to fly my raw. Tim got to fly my raw, so that was interesting from fly. I did a couple of night flights. I'm starting to get a little bit more used to flying at night and that whole like depth depth perception or the speed of the heli right um it's epic yeah it's starting to, it's starting to i'm starting to get more comfortable so i just want to keep on doing it so hopefully cool. I drag, i'll throw some night flights in nice dude yeah all right let's uh catch up with gregor a little bit if you want to go through maybe last week or so yeah get to the main topic yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, I definitely got some flying in this past weekend. It was yeah. that San, San Diego fun fly, man. It was yeah, awesome. Was it? it was, it was incredible. Uh, they had, I'll tell you what, Chris Wilson had his hands full, mm-hmm. uh, CD in the event because he, uh, Scott Dedick used to put on the event years ago. And so Chris had a lot to live up to, I'll tell right. you what. And he, and he, he delivered, uh, for sure. And, you know, the pilots he got to attend. I mean, we had, they had 108 registered pilots and, and yeah, let me tell you. So with, uh, with 
everything that's happened, you know, we'll, we'll go back, you know, six, seven years, you know, um, with this whole RC recession, you know, helicopter recession where it just, you know, it went from, you know, thousands of people at Urcha to, you know, like, uh, just a heavy duty fun fly, you know what I mean? Um, when drones started hitting the market, I don't, you know, I think it was a multitude of things. It, um, we lost a lot of events out here in California and, uh, And, you know, it's crazy because we have Northern California where I'm located. We have Central California and Southern California. And, um, you know, we we all talk and we're all real close. You've got like the Marshall Ranch and then you've got, you know, a handful of guys in, in the Southern California area and uh, that that are active, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, I'm going to say maybe maybe 30 people I can think of 30, 40 people I can think of, you know, and, and, um, that, that are still active and we talk and, and it's gotten, you know, it's just gotten really, you know, it's, it's just, just not much going on. We, and a lot of us here in California, look at you guys, you know, the guy, all you guys back East going, man, what happened? <laughs> we used to, we used right. to have lot, lots of fun flies. And, um, so I think this weekend I was expecting just not, a lot of attendance. I, I was thinking, right. man, that would be great if we had at least 60, 70 pilots. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I thought that was going to be big numbers for, you know, what we have seen in, 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 you know, out here on right, the West coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to have 108 pilots and having people coming from, you know, Washington, uh, Texas, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Nevada, I mean, just all over Florida. the place, Florida, Florida, <laughs> yeah. straight up, you know, yeah. um, and, and Indiana, I mean, it was great. It was fantastic yeah. seeing everybody get together. So yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I got to do this weekend. And, nice. and I uh, got to catch up with a, a lot of friends and, um, and make new ones, you know, mm-hmm. the typical, t- typical fun fly stuff. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what I did, man. It was definitely awesome. That's awesome. I got to make it out to that one, man. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely um I can remember back in I believe it was 2012 uh we had, you know, when I was with A Main Hobbies, uh mm-hmm. we had oh boys, we had a we had a big tent set up and um I wanted to th- say we had like maybe two or three tents set up, you know, the big A-Main Protect tent set up and yeah. we had, you know, maybe might have even been four cuz we had a pretty large team at the time and um then they have this big center blacktop area so they've got kind of the vendor area and then and then off to the right and to the left is just your standard you know you know fun fly setup area and uh there was a time where um you'd get like there was you know i'm gonna say at least 200 pilots out i mean it was i can't remember the exact numbers but it was so dense especially at the night flying and that was before you know all the all the overhead uh construction lights lights and everything yeah and it was uh spotlight flying and i remember trying to make my way up to the flight line and you know it was all about hey excuse me pardon me excuse me excuse me pardon me (laughs) trying to just to get up (laughs) front you know so it used to be crazy back in the day um and uh, you know and it was uh it was it was quite you know somber you know sobering being at the you know being at the now times and 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 going oh my gosh 108 pilots this is 
crazy. It was it was a great event, you know, versus what it used to be back in the day. But I think it put things in perspective because our fun flies were pretty sparse for the last few years, and it looks like they're you know helicopters in general making a comeback, you know. And so it was it was fantastic to see and and to uh, you know the sad part. I think the point kind of deriving from the point, but the sad part of, at the San Diego fun fly at the Palomar Field, this particular field, is that. Um, you know, back then versus now, you used to be out in the middle of nowhere and now they just put in a thousand new homes across the way. And then you look over to the right and they're putting in, you know, uh, another thousand homes. Yeah. And then you look over across the freeway and there's just housing track developments all over the place. So they were, they were telling us that within two years, that field will no longer exist because there's no, yeah, there's no stores or anything in that area. And that land is going to end up being, you know, being, you know, yeah, all commercialized. So, but they do have a backup plan. Apparently the city owes them a new field and they're, you know, looks like the city is definitely working with them. So unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately that field will, won't be around. I know it'll be around next year, but it won't be around for too many more, two, three, you know, if we're lucky four years. So, you know, but anyway, it's just a great field. If you guys get a chance to, um, out here in the California, out here in California or the West coast, uh, in general, um, I mean, you've got, you know, now Augie lives up there back in the day, Augie used to live in, um, Las Vegas, but he's up in Snohomish, Washington. And that fun fly is, has always been an incredible, uh, fun fly to attend. They've got multiple fields this year. They've got like a horseshoe shaped field. Um, nice. so you can, yeah. So as the sun changes, throughout the day you can move to another area and have a complete you know visual without sun um, so that's a must attend you've got the the marshall ranch fun fly which is a must attend um, the field isn't crazy large but the they put on a vibe like you've never experienced at a fun fly before it's the food the bathrooms the the um just the the vibe is just incredible um you know the like i said the field is typically only three flight stations um Mm -hmm. big but uh but it's it's um very comfortable three flight stations and yeah it's incredible and then the san diego uh, uh fun fly is fantastic um, and then we had one in Turlock, California, but I'm, I'm hearing that they're having some issues getting helpers with the club. So, you know, but those three for sure, I would say my favorite in California are the Turlock, I'm sorry, the, uh, Marshall ranch. And then now that the, uh, Palomar, uh, San Diego fun flies uh-huh. back. Th- those are, if you guys nice. can make them, th- th- either one of those is definitely, you know, bucket list, you know, good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. You hear about Sonomish from Marcy Chen, you know, back in the day. Oh yeah, definitely wanted yeah. to hit that one up. Yeah, but yeah. San so, Diego, like Southern California, is my like ideal weather place. Yeah, I know? want to get out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, California, it's it's crazy because we we're all complaining about the heat, and Frank was out here and he's like wearing a long sleeve shirt. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like, are you kidding me? And, and I'm like, you know, some of the guys weren't used to you know the type of heat you guys deal with back there. I mean, you might have like 80, 90 degree weather, but 100 percent humidity, 80 percent. I mean, the humidity it just ruins it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so ours is all dry heat out here, all yeah. dry heat, perfect for fires. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. Sweet. So let's get into the main topic here. Um, we'll kind of ask a couple of questions about 
you yourself, and then I do want to get into you know your your absolute CNC work too. Sure. So sure. you kind of include you know talked about it a little bit, but where are you located? I'm located in uh, Northern California uh, in Oroville, Oroville, California. I was originally from Paradise, California, where that big campfire was, and then mm-hmm. uh, so we've uh, we're actually. Uh, we moved down here pre pre fire. Uh, we moved down here about two years prior uh, to Oroville. So yeah, cool. It's yeah, it's about nice. yeah, it's about an eight hour eight to nine hour drive uh, from the San Diego event. So complete polar opposites of California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, how long have you been in the hobby? Who uh, I'm I'm gonna guesstimate. Probably, I've loved RC my whole life, but into helicopters, um, I've been into RC helicopters. Oh, geez, my son is 16 years, and I got my first little RC helicopter. It was a little Pico Z infrared indoor <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, I got that. Uh, got that about 16 years ago um, uh, in March, and uh, so then okay. it then it then I was into that for several months. And then uh, started eyeballing this helicopter called the Blade CP. I, I found it <laughs> at a local hobby shop. Yeah, so yeah, so I played around with those for two or three years, and then uh, and then it, you know, as helicopters do, they just they multiply, you know. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, they grow, get more expensive for sure. Yeah, <laughs> they grow yeah. bigger too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'd say officially sixteen. You know. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of that, did. Uh, the helicopters multiply and did you ever get into planes or anything or just strictly helis no i did in fact uh in fact i i ended up getting into uh, i bought a few airplanes first um i wanted to fly them but uh i just the time wasn't right you know i was i was pretty young and um Mm -hmm. and uh you know i was able to obtain the plane but then the servos and all that stuff, I ended up just sitting on these airplanes and they just hang from the wall. But, uh, but after I got into, you know, got older, as I got into, uh, helicopters, um, I ended up having a slew of planes. I mean, I ended up with a lot of the e-flight foamies and then, mm-hmm. uh, eventually yeah. ended up with, uh, I had that 100 CC beast biplane for a while. Oh, and, damn. Yeah. Yeah. That one was fun. I enjoyed it. I love all aspects of hobbies, you know, the mm-hmm. car, yeah. the car aspect is pretty cool, but it doesn't, uh, uh, you know, doesn't pique my interest as much as the helicopters do. Um, but I do, I do like them. Um, but I think, you know, with the, uh, helicopters, I think it's the challenge that, that just, sure. keeps me, you know, I tell people, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta be a, uh, glutton for punishment to get into helicopters and i think <laughs> just that <laughs> yeah they're, yeah they're kind of the best though they're, yeah uh, yeah they're, they're the pinnacle if you ask me of rc fight <laughs> so, yeah. yeah me too they, they are they are they're so complex in so many different mm-hmm. ways you know yeah. and uh, i think it's fantastic that you know we nowadays have we nowadays have a uh you know such a vast you know, uh, 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 you know, vast, uh, opportunities for, you know, for learning, you know, we've, we've yeah. got so many tools available, you know, the simulators are, uh, right. mm-hmm. the simulators are out there. We've got, uh, I mean, the fly barless systems, uh, sure. you know, we've yeah, got the technology. So, 
yeah. so crazy now for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got all these anti-crash, you know, systems on the flybarless. You know, um, it's just yeah, yeah, it's just flybarless in itself. You know, so I think the the level of integration we have now is just mm-hmm. very impressive. And yeah, it's getting absolutely. more. Yeah, I think yeah, the and off I, switch is my anti-crash. That's yeah, right, right. <laughs> I thought that was just uh, you know the final thing of your list of things to do once you crash is okay. I guess I turn off my radio. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> after the crash. Yeah, after the crash. Yeah. Like, okay, that's step yeah. number one. Turn off the radio. <laughs> yeah, so it's either walk up <laughs> preventative or post clean yes. up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the walk of shame. so Um, what so what got you started into rc you know uh not to be uh yeah good question not to be uh too much of a downer um (laughs) but uh so uh my mother ended up she was really sick with uh with cancer and so um we were sitting around the house taking care of my mother and my son and i were just you know, she was at the last, you know, the, the inning stages of it. And, and we were just kind of, you know, seeking something to do, you know, and we couldn't venture too far away. So uh, my son and I took off to Radio Shack and uh, just to see, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember those little X mods. They were like these little yeah. radio control cars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I knew they had these little X mods there. So I was, I was going to just check out i had had some and then i ended up you know giving them away to some of the neighborhood kids and stuff and and uh and i was like wow maybe there's something we could do i wanted to you know get my son into something he was getting into sage my mom and my grandmother we moved my mother back from the convalescent or the the it was was a convalescent home but it was after she went from the hospital the convalescent home to get better enough to come home on hospice um there wasn't a whole lot so we were staying at the senior park taking care of both of them and uh and um we uh we ended up there just wasn't a lot for him to do in the senior park you know and we couldn't venture too far away so we ended up going to radio shack and uh and we saw this little pico z helicopter in fact we saw it on the commercial so we were we were talking about going to radio shack and then we saw it on a commercial and so there were two reasons we went there obviously the x mod and then the uh the little pico z helicopter and so yeah we ended up buying one and um and uh um, that kind of, uh, that kind of sparked my interest in helicopters. I, uh, I had that Pico Z and then we had to close all the blinds in the house just to fly it because of the infrared, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. And then, and then, uh, and then it, and then it just kind of rolled downhill. I ended up going, we had a hobby town USA in Chico and, uh, paradise or Chico is only a 20 minute drive from paradise. And, and then Orville's only like a 20 minute drive from paradise so you've got like uh, several options to go you know trip out on on you know hobby stores and uh at the time we didn't have one in paradise and um and uh so anyway drove to chico went to hobby town usa and i remember you know being younger and going to the chico air airfield which was behind the local airport and uh watching the uh the old guys fly their airplanes and just amazing. Always wanted to do it. And there was a few guys with these helicopters that they could hardly fly, but it, they were really cool to look at. So, so I knew the stigma behind helicopters and, and how the, a lot of the airplane guys would say, that, oh, they're just, they're terribly dangerous, terribly dangerous. Oh, we don't like them at our field type of thing. And then I walk into Hobby Town USA and there's this collective pitch micro helicopter. And 
I had to have it. It blew my mind. So I ended up buying the Blade CP, that little yellow helicopter, and then <laughs> it just turned into uh, spending probably a thousand dollars into that thing and and turning it into a pro rather than just buying a pro too, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, that's how it kind of uh, it kind of sm- snowballed. But it, again, it was very it was very um, you know easy as you go, and I was you know those things of course were pretty difficult to fly, and and I uh, then and then. Um, well, we had it. That's right. We did have a hobby shop in Paradise, but they were mainly into cars. They're mainly into cars, and it was nothing like the hobby town we had in Chico. And so, anyway, I stopped by the hobby store because somebody had told me they just started carrying some Blade CP parts and uh, and 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 the kits. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go check them out. And I met this guy named Mark, and um, I was showing him my helicopter and he asked me if I could fly it. I said, yeah. So I flew it on their racetrack and all I could do is hover it, you know, but it was just solid hover. And he flipped out and couldn't believe that a splayed CP wasn't all over the place. And, and now, now, I was obsessed with it. So it, I, I was literally putting weights and everything I could to get this thing to kind of help me keep it as stable as possible. So, I mean, I, I, you know, he, he, as much as I was like, yep, yep. Haha, I'm awesome. I, I, I made this thing fly good. You know, <laughs> it, it was, you know, I was the time I spent on it was pretty idiotic, you know? <laughs> so, but Hey, got it. So he took me to Chico and took me to the airport and wanted to show these guys. So, so we made a, uh, time to go out and and uh i'm hooked up with him and, and as we get into his car he goes um he you know i'm bringing my transmitter and everything and he's like well he goes do you have your ama and i'm like what's that and he goes well <laughs> you, you can't you can't fly that thing if you don't have ama he goes i wanted you to come out but i was like oh i thought you wanted me to show it and i'm i'm like super embarrassed now because I, I don't i'm like feeling stupid but so we loaded my stuff up we get in the car and I'm seeing these, there's this guy named Upside Dan, they called him, you know, because he could fly his helicopter inverted. There was a bunch of guys out there with helicopters. And I remember going out to this airfield when I was a kid and people, it was taboo. So anyway, it was great, great afternoon, met a lot of great guys. And then on the way home, this, this is an employee from Paradise Hobbies. He's like, Hey, I got to tell you something, but don't, don't tell Roger, the, who's the owner of Paradise Hobbies. He's like, there's this, you're flying that little. You're flying that little blade as good as Yari. Because there's this place in Chico. I don't. I don't want. I don't. You know. Uh, it's. Uh, he goes. It's called Good Time Hobbies. And and I'm like, huh, oh, sounds familiar, you know. And I'm like, Good Time Hobbies, huh? Okay. He goes. They have this helicopter called the T Rex, you know. And I'm like, okay. So, got home and I'm looking it up. I called called the uh, called the hobby store or Good Good Time Hobbies. I found it in Chico, and. Uh, as a voice that was super familiar. Hey, this is Robin. How can I have, I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I was just wanting to see if you guys had, uh, the blade or the, uh, T-Rex 450 in stock and she doesn't skip a beat. You know, so I'm thinking, Oh, this is a girl. I don't know if she knows what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You know, All this stuff. And yeah, I was being sexist, you know, just thinking on top of my head, you know, and, and, uh, and she goes instantly. She's like, Oh yeah, which one? And I'm like, Wait, there's, there's, more, there's, than there's <laughs> more than one. You know, it's just like, well, we have the T Rex 450XL, we have the T Rex 450SA, and then we have the T Rex 450SE. And I'm like, oh, well, the cheapest one. <laughs> yeah, we have one in stock. Yeah, we have. Or she goes, yeah, yeah, we carry it. And I'm like, awesome. Uh, 
how many do you have? You know, cause I'm thinking, <laughs> man, I got to get down there, you know, and I'm 20 yeah. minutes away. I mean, could they sell out? And she's like, we have plenty, trust me. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I'm thinking, how many's plenty one like come on lady <laughs> so, so yeah so anyway um so i go down to this place a few days later and bought the kit and it turns out it was a main hobbies is before they were a main hobbies right. and they were really small really really small at the time and and uh anyway so that's that's what kind of uh that's what kind of you know that that was the whole start of it you know what i mean and then uh and then i hooked up with the guys and started helping them after uh, you know helping them after you know after hours and got to know those you know a lot of you know it was there was like 12 people 12 people i think when i left a main uh, we had had over 150 employees at the time so um so yeah when i when i you know when i when i first started there they had like 12 employees you know but uh yeah it was really cool so that that you know the moment i realized we had this major you know it was little but it was still you know it was this, it was weird you walk in the place there was a computer where you sat down and ordered your parts and there was customer service reps all around you you know like mm-hmm. three of them two or three of them <laughs> and it was funny because they were like a lot you know quite a few of them were some of my good friends from high school i had no clue were working there so anyway yeah that's what started it i know kind of a long story but um that's, that's what cool. started it man. yeah yeah that's pretty neat once you got that 450 flying did you immediately start moving up th- up through the sizes like a lot of us did you know i didn't i didn't um you know uh I had a lot of stuff going on, uh, in my life, you know, with, uh, being left with, you know, <laughs> you know, the aftermath of my mom and my grandma, we had a, we had a lot of, we had a lot of, a lot of road ahead of us. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, financially it was, it was crazy for a couple of, you know, about a year or two. And then, uh, and I stuck with the 450 for a long time. I did. And, and, uh, I ended up with multiples of them, you know, but, uh, yeah, right. not, not really. Yeah. I stuck with the 450 for a long time. And then I ended up, uh, one of the, one of the guys who became one of my mentors, um, he was Kendall Bennett, the owner of a main hobbies, uh, best friend at the time. And, and, uh, he took me under his wing and he'd spend countless hours, you know, helping me understand how to put one together and you know what i mean and it was a different different time it wasn't as easy and there wasn't near right. as many people doing it at that time right. and he ended up uh he invited me to his house and he's like you know um we got to get you into a bigger helicopter and i'm like really yeah i know i know i can't afford one right now and he goes well i got a raptor you know a thunder tiger raptor 50 and it was a special edition. It had every bell and whistle you could possibly put on him at the time. And he's like, 200 bucks, but you, but you got to take it home tonight, you know? And then uh, I'm like, man, you know, and, and uh, you know, I had a little family and everything. It was, uh, like I said, we had, we had our hands full financially at the time. So it was, it was amazing that he did that for me. And then, and then, uh, yeah, and then I couldn't get enough. I didn't look backwards. And, and then I ended up, then that's when it hit. All of a sudden, you know, it, it went from, you know, the, the 450 to the Thunder Tiger to the T-Rex seven or uh, 600 Nitro, mm-hmm. um, and, and then this, and then the, as soon as the 700 came out, I had to have one of those as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, that that's when it perpetuated. After I got that 50, it was uh, we got things, you know, finally got through the the the, the financial stuff, and it just took off, man. It was a, a sickness, <laughs> like uh-huh. it's still yeah, yes, it still is. is. Uh, yeah, awesome. I kept. 
I kept lying to myself for the first year. It's like I got a 300x blade. It's like this is this is big enough. And then I got yeah. a 450x. It's like, well, this is this no bigger. This is enough. Right. Well, then yeah. you know, three months later, I got a T-Rex 500, and then a you know a 520, and then a so you know. So within yeah. a year, I was all the way up to 700, even though I said no bigger than a 450. <laughs> That's exactly it. It happens so quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when you find out they're more stable, the bigger they are, you know. Right. But you got to have bigger balls, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to start with, yeah, it's a lot yeah, more intimidating. Yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure. That's awesome. Nice. So, what do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I I, uh, <laughs> I I do animal control for the city of Oroville. So. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah, it's a it's a trip, man. Yeah, it's a good job. I never uh, never. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, after Amen and I parted, uh, it was kind of a kind of a daunting time because I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself and getting a little bit older. I'm like, man, I got to do something and ended up going back to school and, and, uh, got into the, the law enforcement program, but, uh, only sections of it because I didn't want to, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know? And, uh, even with that, I, I knew when I was real young, I wanted to get into the department of corrections, but then, but then I, but then I'm like, you know, it, I tried to try out for, you know, I tried out for it, got my applications past the, past the DOJ. And, uh, then they closed the class because there was a lack of applicants at the time. So I was just go, yeah, it was crazy. I was going for broke. I was like, man, I don't know what I want to get into. Um, yeah, I thought about going, you know, to school for, you know, get into, to a machinist, uh, um, program. And, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, I kept hearing from some of the guys I was, talking to you know that have been in machining for years is that you know yeah you're going to go to school and nobody's going to want to hire you because you're going to be set in your ways with school and how they do things and you know the machinist world can be very weird you know and uh you know but over the last few years things have changed tremendously in in the machinist you know cnc machining world manufacturing yeah 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 cnc yeah so um so yeah so anyway i i ended up uh going through and uh, uh, Uba College and then, yeah, got into uh, animal control, which was, um, you know, and I never, never thought I'd enjoy it as much as I do. It's a trip, man. It's, it's getting into law enforcement without having to go like, you know, full fledged. Like it's, I've had friends treat me different because I went through the Academy. I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, like I'm still the same dude, but I, I do understand. You're you know, a police officer the, now. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? And I mean, it's weird because, it's weird because like, like some of the stuff that we learned, it was, you know, I had a friend, let, let me just put it this way. I had a friend that, uh, she worked with a main for many years and, um, she wanted to do something different with her life. And she ended up going into the law enforcement Academy as I did. And she went all the way through like the full term Academy. And, um, she ended up, uh, she graduated and ended up going to be a banker because there were things she learned in the academy that she didn't necessarily agree with and want to be part of, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and I saw, I saw a lot of that and understood, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and people will treat you different too. I mean, you know, it was, you know, she, you know, I, I have friends that got into, got into that, that I've, you know, that I met through animal control that are like, yeah, I lost basically all my friends because of this. And, and, uh, you know, and your friends become, you know, 
your your coworkers and such. So it's weird, man. So like I said, I only went through enough uh, what I had to do to get into um, the field I wanted to try out in, and and uh, I love it. It's it's a trip. I mean, you see a lot of ugly stuff. You know, you realize how how nasty and awful people can be. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets scary sometimes because, you know, you have a confrontation face-to-face with somebody is one thing. But when you have a confrontation with somebody face-to-face and you put an animal in the middle of it, and the mm-hmm. violence can get much higher. Uh, the, 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 uh, the opportunity, you know, for the violence to, to escalate is, yeah. is a lot higher, you know. So it can be pretty dangerous. Um, you know, we've, assi- I, you know, I, I've assisted with, you know, um, with uh, forced entry. Um, I've assisted, with, I mean, shoot, I've, you know, I've had to, you know, be involved in arresting people for things that they've done with animals and, you know, and all that stuff. So we still, you know, it's basically same things, a police officer, but just with animal law, you know. And uh, so it's a trip, man. I, I, like I said, I never, never, this was after a main, post a main. So, um, yeah, I never, uh, yeah, not not something, not a field I thought I'd get into, but I did, and, and I actually really enjoy it. I really do. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. Do you get a lot Good of neighbors dog. calling up about their uh, other neighbors' dogs or anything like that? Man, today, how funny! <laughs> I, today, I, I had one person last Thursday, but I we, I couldn't get to it until today because we're just the queue is so backed up with stuff. Um, I went out. One neighbor complained on three different. Uh, houses in the area that had dogs and uh, it was ridiculous you know 90 90 percent of the t- actually I'm going to raise it I'm going to say like 95 percent of the time um, you're going to get like you know just stupid barking complaints or neighbors calling on somebody else it's it's for a deeper reason they get in an yeah. argument and they try to come up with a reason it, it's very rarely is it ever fact when you get out there you, you you start learning that things are different than what what was said through dispatch you know it's mm-hmm. a trip but uh, yeah i mean it's ugly though man you see some ugly stuff that people oh, do man. to animals and, and oh, sure. yeah it's yeah, it's crazy crazy turn That's your stomach right. yeah. yeah 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 people kind of suck yep <laughs> just in fact. general yeah exactly, exactly the bad people suck andy i'd say a lot of people suck. Good people take <laughs> care of their animals and themselves. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, are you sponsored? I am. Yeah. I am. So I've uh, just recently, uh, um, unfortunately, uh, poor, uh, poor team manager's got so much on his on his plate i was waiting for him to get some stuff finished up but uh recently as you did steve uh, recently joined um the uh sab international team and then nice. uh, yeah and then we've got uh bk servos switchblades mm-hmm. uh team hobby wing and then um i've got a couple others that are gonna that are um, being finalized right now which is which is pretty cool so cool nice yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a big SAB fan for a long time. I love, I love. I, I'm funny, you know. With Amen, I had the opportunity to fly so many different helicopters, and um, you know, and I stuck with you know a few of them for a long time. But I've always just loved the SAB stuff, and uh, I like how you know they're um, they just man, they've just uh, they've stayed relevant. You know what I mean for so long. You know, uh-huh. and so and still are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and 
the people we have in the states behind him have been you know um yeah it's just been really cool so yeah sure yeah yeah I kind of want to talk a little bit about your A-Main stuff. Um, I mean, you said yeah. you worked there for a while. Like, what was your, like, what did you do there, you know? Yeah, so when I started, um, I was I worked in the warehouse uh, mm-hmm. and uh, pulling orders for people and stuff like that. And um, I was pretty young at the time. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I was friends with some of the employees outside of work. We used to go to RC car races and you know, sleeping on couches together and stuff like that. So, um, but I didn't know, like, I didn't, I, I didn't associate, you know, the hobbies, good time hobbies with helicopters, only cars, right. And car mm-hmm. bodies and things like that. And that's kind of what it, you know, so I never put two and two together, you know, when it got down the road where, you know, my friend was telling me about good time hobbies and the T-Rex, right. I never put that together. And, uh, cause I wasn't like crazy involved in it, but, uh, we go to some of the track races, uh, the ones in paradise. Uh, there was some in Redding, California, different car races. So anyway, um, yeah, started. Uh, I ended up getting a job uh, through the helicopter because of helicopters. This uh, I was. Uh, this guy was one of my mentors. His name is Don Barrow. He started uh, helping me out a lot, and then um, I was looking for work and um, looking looking for a change uh, to do something different. And uh, I, I, you know, as I got to know him more. Uh, in fact, it was funny because I knew of him and I knew his. I grew up with his daughters. And I used to love sneaking okay. in his garage, checking out his airplane collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He so he took me under his wing, and uh, I ended up um, getting hired on there, and uh, again pulling parts in the warehouse. And uh, and uh, it was really neat to see uh, where Kendall and Kelly Bennett were taking the company. Um, he was a computer software engineer at heart, and and he had uh-huh. a computer software company called SciTech. And, um, what happened was he, you know, he, his SciTech business became the warehouse for Kendall's, uh, you know, uh, good time hobbies products. Right. And, you know, he would, he would, you know, he would buy like, uh, stuff from hobby shops going out of, out of, you know, out of uh, business and stuff. And, and then he'd resell stuff that he didn't want. And he, you know, to help keep his racing, his car racing, uh, uh, thing alive you know he was big into racing remote control cars mm-hmm. and uh so anyway so anyway uh yeah got, that's how i got on at a main and then uh worked in the warehouse for a long time um i'm gonna say probably two years or better and then um i think it was like employee 12 or 13 something like that and then wow. uh, yeah it was really cool and then um and then we moved to the warehouse to its current location it's at now and we were all thinking like, what the hell is Kendall thinking? This is crazy. I know, I know we're doing well, but like this warehouse, you could fit the warehouse that we were in. You could fit like four five, maybe six of those warehouses in this new wow. building. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we moved over there and I'm not kidding you. It was like a, within a blink of an eye, every square inch of that building was packed full. And, um, and and next thing you know, we had over 150 employees, and uh, it was it was it was amazing. I, I went from the warehouse to uh, I started um, being pulled so much for tech support, and um, I'm I'm trying to think how the events went down. So uh, so once we moved, um, 
I was trying, I was even before we were moving, I was trying to help with tech support every now and then. And that was when we would get like helicopter phone calls. Cause we were known as a car RC car company. Right. And right. We, would, we would just get a handful of helicopter calls. And, uh, I remember when the owner was like, man, I need to ditch helicopters cause they're just not making much money on them. And so me and a couple guys, they were like, Hey man, don't, you know, give it a year. Let's, let's, let's explore marketing. Let's look at this differently because we were getting really jazzed about it. And we took it personal. We didn't want Kendall to, to, to get rid of all the hell. He loved helicopters too. I mean, Kendall right. was one of our, one of my good friends. He would go, we'd go fly together, you know, in groups all the time, you know, from a main. And so we're like, come on, man. So he held on to it. He held on to it for a while. And then, um, and then when we, and then, so I would take on some customer service stuff and then, um, we moved to the new warehouse and, uh, we, I was out back with my girlfriend and, um, she was, she was racing RC cars and, uh, it was her, um, she did, we had an on-road carpet track indoors at the time. And I remember uh, it was an intermission. I had been helping her all day and then I took off. I, I took off and uh, went flying out back with my T-Rex 700. And I remember doing this funnel around this big dirt pile. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was cool, you know. And it was I was keeping it real tight. I'm like, oh, badass, you know. And then I remember landing, and I hear all these people cheering. And there was, like, people from all over the state at this big race that Kendall was having. And uh, I turn around, and all these people are cheering. I'm like, oh, shit, man. And all of a sudden, I see this big hat, this big Australian guy, and he's, it's Kendall. It's the owner. And he's like throwing his hands up. And all I hear is what the fuck, you know, that he was famous for that, that phrase. What the fuck? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, and he's far away and I'm going, Oh, and here comes Kendall. And he walks up to me. He's like, Oh shit, man. He goes, be in my office Monday morning. I'm like, okay. And we were friends. And all of a sudden he's all like yeah. serious with me. I'm like, that's weird. So I was stewing on it. I was stewing on it all yeah. week. Yeah. And, uh, so Monday morning, I just, I walked in, slid inside, you know, slid into the back of the warehouse and started just pulling parts. Right. I'm trying to be like, uh Oh, and I, I didn't tell him. No. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, shit. Just, yeah, exactly. Laying low. And all of a sudden I get, uh, over the loudspeaker. It's Kelly Bennett, his wife, uh, HR. Uh, so Gregor, please come to Ke- or Kendall's office. Gregor, you know, please come to Kendall's office. And everybody's like, Oh, you know, yeah. I go on like yeah. you guys. That you guys to the principal's no office. Yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, oh, why were you out there with all those people? But I was away from everybody. You know, like I'm already thinking of like excuses and what could it be? Could it be this? Should I have not been flying? What did I do wrong? You know, like did he did I pull attention from the race? Like what happened? You know, and I come walking in and. Kendall and Kelly are sitting, but Kendall's got a main desk that's in the corner and then he turns around and he has like this, this desk behind him where like, and then, and then like a nice couch and chairs. Like if he's having a meeting in his office with other, other people from the company or other, you know, people that came out to the warehouse to come and maybe talk business and stuff. Right. So they're behind this, this desk and I, and they're like, have a seat, close the door behind you. And I'm like, Oh fuck! They're mad. They're mad, <laughs> and because they both have this serious look. And then, I, as soon as I sit down, all of a sudden, Kendall turns his head sideways. He smiles and goes, "Gregor," and then he just proceeds to tell me, "Hey, I saw you were flying with some, you know, JR radio confer converted over to, you know, DSM, 
and you know here's a brand new gr12x and we want you to go on the road and start representing a main and i'm like wait what you know and wow. was not expecting that yeah so right. so and and he so i want you to put together a helicopter team and that was the beginning of helicopters with a main and and it was funny because that was happening and i was being pulled into customer service quite a bit um uh, or well i'd say yeah it was quite a bit i was getting pulled in there and helping out with tech support but then i go back to the warehouse so we ended up going to las vegas and um we we ended up um making some connections and we met ben storick and i think at the time he must have been like i don't know maybe eight nine years old maybe maybe 10 i don't know maybe 10 <laughs> You know, he, he was, he was young. Um, and we ended up signing him, at, you know, and then it became Gregor and Ben. Right. And so then we started going all over the place and, and, uh, yeah, that was kind of, kind of the, what happened at a main man. I, I, you know, that was just kind of the, you know, kind of what happened there. And then all of a sudden we started making a lot of money. We started marketing helicopters and, and, uh, it was, it was incredible. And then the warehouse manager was like, Gregor, like you're worthless to me. We need to get you in customer service because this is, you're, you're like, you know, I need to hire an employee back here. And, you know, cause I was out of, I was like not in the warehouse hardly at all anymore, you know? So, uh, they put me in customer service full time. And then, uh, Ben and I continued to put the team together. Um, I was the team manager for a long, long time. And then, and then, um, yeah yeah it just yeah it was amazing man it was amazing so uh by the end i think we had you know it was myself it was tim jones uh, uh devin leblanc andrew merlino brian tran i mean we had a ton wesley griffith we had a ton of great pilots you know um you know just people and pilots on the team it was it was amazing for for a long time and for sure so that's kind of kind of my little run at a main i was there for i'm gonna say over eight years, maybe wow. closer to 10, I think that, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a long time, man. Almost from the very beginning. So, yeah. So it's a good time. Good time. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Still a great company. I go there. I still shop there all the time. It's, it's tough having a, uh, such a big hobby store in your backyard. You can't, you know, yeah. you can't leave it alone, you know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm 3,000 yeah. miles away, and I can't help but go on that website and order stuff every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's Cars, changed. It's changed, it's changed a lot, you know, over at the mm-hmm. warehouse. You used to be able to walk in and order stuff over there, but I kind of get why they did that because it would just pull so many – it pull people from customer service all the time when their phones are ringing all the time. And then they, they have a local retail store as well, but it, they have a racetrack that's at our silver dollar speedway. And it's, um, so it's like, so, uh, I don't know. They just don't get a lot of helicopter foot traffic anymore. Um, you know, and, and I, I think a lot of the locals are kind of frustrated because they, you know, they they look at it as a hobby shop, you know what I mean? And they can't really go in and get hobby shop stuff anymore because it's turned into kind of a more of a box store in their warehouse. But but yeah. from a from a business side, a business sense, um, I, in my opinion, they made the right decision because, you know, they've got their racetrack there. They've got all that stuff, but they still have all the online stuff. And then they what they've done is 
if you have stuff like you live locally and you want to order yeah, what they have order online, the store, pick up. yeah, and and they'll have it there within a few hours if you order it during the right time, you know. So you can right. still go pick stuff up, and you know what I mean. So it, it, it you know, they're they're doing it right, but you know, let's and let's, that is very invaluable because I can right. go to my local hobby shop and they won't have the parts, but if I go to A Main's, like you know, go online, I was like, oh, they got yep. all my parts in, you know. So it, yeah, exactly. Exactly, and then being able to, you know, pick it up. So some of the locals yeah. don't understand, and they get pretty upset. And you know, oh, I mean, I wish they would this. They're not the same anymore. But it's actually, it's just there's not as much of a personal touch, I would say. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can still order your stuff. You know, you can still order your stuff and get it. You just, you know, sit down, make a sandwich, and wait an hour or two. You know, and then go down to A Main and pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's yeah, it's pretty cool. They've got a neat outfit. You guys ever come out to Northern California for something? It's um, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it's it's pretty cool. You know, checking out their facilities and their racetracks that they have and everything. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah, that'd be so, definitely cool to check that that place. Yeah, out. yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's see here. Um, you kind of mentioned, you know kind of the, the way that the hobby is and you know the technology and that you know there's sims available now do you uh sim at all so currently or <laughs> yeah i mean have you sim? Currently, yeah. currently no uh you know i do i do like to sim um we bought a house last year and it's been um a hundred percent like you know trying to get this and then with that with the business as well mm-hmm. um i haven't been able to i just got my computer set up um probably three months ago literally you know i've been working out of my laptop and uh so i haven't been simming a whole lot but i i do like to sim i definitely do so nice. yeah um, what's your sim of choice uh you know it's 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 funny because i bought the um accurc2 and then i bought um Let's see here. What was the other one? Oh no, that's right. I, so I, I bought AccuRC two to kind of stay current, and um, so I've only run that one. But I, I, you know, I've tried a few of the other sims out there, and for whatever reason, I keep reverting back to my Real Flight six. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. Know, I don't know what it is. I like my Real Flight six. I feel like, I feel like the physics to me are are more realistic in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Um, okay. I don't. I don't know. I, I like my real flight six. Although AccuRC, I, you know, I, I'm I'm some of those. I'm 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 kind of like one of those instant satisfaction kind of guys. Where AccuRC, I jump into it, you know, and and um, I'm, I'm a father, busy. I got young kids. Mm-hmm. I got you know, I got one that's five and one that's going to be twenty in September, right? So wow. <laughs> I, you know, got a little family, and and it's it's. Um, Sometimes when I sit down and I want to sim, I want to get down and I want to sim. And when I got to AccuRC, um, I was like, man, this, I, don't, I don't care for this at all. I'm trying different helicopters. And then when I finally got down and started tuning on it, um, it which took a while, I, I actually started really liking AccuRC. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something – it's funny. With with uh, certain, certain maneuvers I'll, you know, and, and sections of flying, I will prefer – like uh, I'll prefer to fly AccuRC versus like pirouetting stuff. I I will prefer 
real flight six, you know what I mean? Um, so when I'm doing a lot of pirouetting stuff, uh, I, I go to real flight six. So I don't know. Yeah. So those are my two Sims. And like I said, I haven't, uh, I used to be a lot more, a lot more addicted to stuff where I used to have to have like every Sim out there. At one point I had all the Phoenix, the real flight six, the real flight seven, five or whatever it was. And, uh, after a main, I took kind of a, several year hiatus from everything i just kind of needed to walk away for a little bit and uh so getting back into it i haven't been as absorbed in it like i used or as obsessed i'm still obsessed but I'm, i don't have to buy like every new thing that comes out like i used to right you know yeah <laughs> so yeah so right now those are my two sims real flight and accuracy too so, nice yeah. well what's currently in your fleet right now like what are you flying yeah so um Right now, uh, I uh, I ended up helping a buddy out with my 380. I had that Kyle Stacy edition. Um, I I tore up like huh, I rebuilt my Drake 580. I had a Drake 580, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I I ended up crashing it, and I wiped it out pretty good. And I rebuilt the entire thing. Had some friends come from out of town, and I was trying to throw down with it, and I ended up piling it in again and uh i ended up <laughs> giving that away to somebody you give uh, them a show at least i, I did yeah yeah so <laughs> right now I'm, I'm only down to three helicopters right now i've got my kraken nitro my kraken electric uh you know 700 and then um and then i've got the uh the black thunder uh, 700 right now so um as soon as the raw uh i'm just waiting for that email and then uh I'm going to end up getting that raw and then I'm going to get the raw electric here uh, pretty quick as well, but I'm going to do the nitro first. I don't know. I may do them both at the same time, but I'm yeah. at the, if the raw drops, nice. you know, yeah, I'm going to get it for the nitro right away. So yeah, that's it's kind of what I have right now. I used to have a ton of stuff, but, uh, just keeping it smaller and trying to stay focused. Um, cause being away for so long, um, I used to be able to do pirouetting funnels and, you know, pure flip in every design you wanted, you know, figure eights, you know, uh, vertical, horizontal, like, I mean, I used, man, I, I had a lot more in my toolkit than I do now. And, uh, from being away for so long, um, that, uh, that, uh, I'm really focused on trying to stay with one size so I can get, get going again. And I was catching up pretty good. I was, I was doing well. And then the last year kind of took away where, you know, between COVID and, and, um, moving, right. Um, yeah, we bought, we, we ended up, we got lucky because inventory is so low on housing in our area. And we, we got so lucky buying the house that we did and, and when we did it and, uh, then it was just getting it going. And then the business, I haven't had time to sim or fly hardly at all, but it's, we're, we're getting, we've gotten over that hump. So looking forward to nice into it more. So nice. Awesome. Yeah. What about your supporting equipment, your, uh, batteries and chargers and stuff like that? Yeah, what transmitter fly brush yeah. Yeah. So right now for the uh for the radio, I'm using the Mikado V bar touch. And then uh obviously the, the Neos with all those. And then for uh, speed control, uh, I've been running the hobby wing stuff. Um they've been thrilled to pieces with that. Uh I've never been a big fan of BECs because, you know, back in the day it was just yeah. It was, it was just a matter of when it happened, but uh, I've been thrilled with the hobby wing, uh, the couple hobby wings that I have. Yeah. They just, they just, I, they're you pretty know, solid I, nowadays. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. I remember talking uh, with uh, Ron and 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 hearing a story. You know, him tell Kyle like, "Oh man, no, trust me, it's good, it's good." You know, and the BEC's fine. And I'm like, "Are you sure, Ron?" Like, I, I he was probably tired of hearing me question him because <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, all right, all right, I'll run the BEC," and here I am. I got the crack and on the, when it first came out and, uh, still running the same speed control and, and, um, everything. I mean, it's just, it's been amazing. So hobby wing for speed controls, uh, just works really well. Um, for servos, I've been running, uh, those BK servos. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, during the, uh, let's see here. That's what we got on that thing. Um, the batteries I've been running, I was running pulse for a while, and then, um, and then recently, uh, I got some Gen Zace packs in a hurry, uh, before I was going to an event because I was, uh, I needed some, I had to get some different batteries. Um, yeah, I'll just keep it clean. I had to get some new batteries. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I ended up getting some Gen Zace and those have been pretty decent, but I'm excited to try. So I want to try some of those fully max batteries. I want to see what those are all about. I've heard some good stuff about them from uh, various people so uh-huh. and, cool. and then for engine yeah for for blades obviously switch uh i know it sounds funny because a lot of people if you got a goblin you got bk servos and switch blades you know what i mean but <laughs> I, I like you know for for my style and <laughs> you know yeah. it's funny from for my style um i i you know it's funny because i've always been a firm believer in flying equipment that worked for me so i wasn't like i didn't care if i got it for free or if i got a discount or whatever and i'm still that way but a lot of it also has to do with not only the performance aspect of it but you know um i've known bert for a long time and uh um you know i've seen his ups and downs in the hobby and i you know and during and I've seen what he's done with it, you know, with a lot of people don't know all the stuff he's been through in the hobby, you know, they just know Bert from BK hobbies, but seeing what different companies have done to him and, and, you know, it's just seeing his ups and downs and seeing the way he's, he's remained strong in the hobby and, and kept going and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and seeing what, seeing, you know, you know, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but just seeing, you know, like he doesn't put up with certain things and I see why he doesn't, why he doesn't, you know, and these, and then when I went through what I went through in the hobby, you know, cause it can be, it can be amazing, you know, and in terms of a hobby, but then when you start doing the sponsor thing and getting really deeply involved, um, sometimes you can get your feelings hurt, you know what I mean? And, uh, seeing what he did with that. Uh-huh. And then, and then I can, I felt like I could relate with that. And, um, and I, you know, I, I, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I know Bert, you know, him and I have worked on a business level, you know, uh, especially through a main and his support that he gave us during that big four month tour that we went on with a main and stuff like that. I just, I, I love what Bert stands for. Um, and, uh, you know, amongst others, there's a few others that are fantastic in the hobby too, that I really look up to, but, uh, I think that's, that's another, it's not just his, his products that he has, but it's, it's Bert as well that I really, uh, I really, don't mind supporting that at all. In fact, I, I like it. <laughs> I like, like yeah. that. so yeah, yep. definitely. So nice. Good stuff. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's uh, pivot a little here and kind of talk about your absolute CNC products. Yeah. So how did you get started with this? You know, the CNC stuff. 
Well, um, so after after A Main, uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with myself because I mean, you know, I'd planned on retiring there. It was a it was a, a very comfortable position, and and uh, you know, I was in uh, you know they they take care of their employees really well, especially being such a big company. And so I was I was uh, I was I was comfortable. And then as we parted ways, I kind of found myself. Um, just kind of unsure what to do. So I knew I needed to get back into school quickly, but I just, you know, as we, I did a lot of product research and development with them. I always, you know, I was really excited about um, manufacturing. And then uh, Tim Jones, uh, I remember we were on our way or we were at an event in Las Vegas and Tim was going over some, some projects he was working on and started showing me. And I'm like, you know, just, piqued my interest big time into manufacturing and yeah, uh, he's a machinist right him and his father he, he yeah they yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and um and um it was just incredible you know some of the stuff that he was coming up with and i'm like man that's this, this is just this is crazy i, I love seeing this so it was kind of um it was it was the product r&d and that research and development and then seeing tim you know with these projects he was working on uh that just kind of blew my mind and um and that's what kind of really peaked it for me and i thought man this is you know this isn't something you just jump into midlife you know this is something that you need to be doing for a long time so that's what made it more difficult for me but um but that that that's what really peaked it and i i told myself after after my my job at a main i says i i just i want i want to get into something that that i can feel comfortable with knowing that you know hey i'm not under a thumb that could or, or, or standing on a carpet that could be pulled out from underneath me you know what i mean and i wanted a solid base and 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 and, and you know i just wanted a solid base and so anyway i you know i guess you know my job my career i'm in now is actually a pretty solid base and i yeah. love it but, but uh but machining is uh there's nothing like it, uh, especially CNC machining. I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure you got, you know, you guys ha- have, or, or somebody that, you know, has, you know, 3d printed something and to take <laughs> your, your design and come out with something that you, you've made, even if it's 3d printed is, is pretty rewarding. And, um, but you know, CNC machining is like on another level, you know, it's, it's so expensive, so complicated and such. So, um, we ended up getting a, a little CNC machine. I mean, very, very small little tabletop thing we got for fun. And you're not going to do any manufacturing with it. You're not other than just, you know, hobby related and having fun. Uh-huh. You can make a little teeny part and it might take you, you know, three or four hours to machine it. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? So you're not going to get anywhere with it, but it's, it's going to get you in, in, you know, introduced into it. So I, uh, I did that. And then, um, and then I just, I just kept learning and, and taking, uh, some, you know, some heavy bites into, into learning education and stuff. And, um, and then, uh, ended up getting an opportunity to get, uh, a, an industrial size CNC machine. And, um, yeah, it was it was hilarious because you know it was on a Sunday. I don't know if you guys go through this, but you know, you, long week of work, you get into the weekend, and then Sunday comes and you get the Sunday blues, right? You're like, oh, I gotta go to work tomorrow. I got stuff around the house, but I want to. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You get you get all these can't. You, I call it you can't the can't help it. You know, you yeah. don't know what to do. So I was sitting around, kind of moping around, trying to figure out what to do with my day. And my buddy calls me and he's like, "Hello," and I'm like, 
what's up, Eeyore? He sounds like Eeyore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're going through the same stuff I am, man. What's going on? And he goes, dude, he goes, I know you like CNC stuff. He goes, check out the link I'm sending you. And he sent me a link on the CNC machine. I'm like, dude, it's a typo. It's a typo, you know, the price on it. He goes, no, you need to, you need to reach out to him, dude. I'm like, it's a typo, dude. There's no way. There's no way this price is price. So I ended up reaching out to the guy and no uh, no reply. I don't know, a couple of weeks went by and I checked out the ad again. I was checking the ad like every day and I finally just checked the ad again. And this time there was a phone number. So they updated the ad. So I sent the guy a text message instead of calling him. And uh, I don't know why I didn't call him, but I sent him a text message, asked him if it was still available. And uh, he said, sure. And he gave me the rundown on it. And uh, so basically they moved to the machine. So they were in a facility and in this, in this industrial complex and the roadside industrial complex became available. And he wanted, he'd been wanting that for all the years that he had been working in that industrial complex. So he moved his half of his shop and the other half was still in, you know, still in the, the old section. So he had two, he was renting out two sections of that industrial facility. And, uh, when he hooked up this machine, it was in, it was one of his first CNC machines that he had, he hooked it up and it wouldn't work anymore. Just wouldn't work and couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And, uh, so he's like, you know, I was at a weak moment and my systems guy was out and he talked me into buying a new machine and now this thing's sitting here and I need to, I need to make space for it. And so I called my buddy and I said, hey, um, I'd like to go check it out. You got a big truck and trailer. Let's go do this. Hmm. He's got it. Now, mind you, big truck and trailer to me, but it's a two, it's a, it's a, it's a car hauler, right? It's nothing special about it. It's a car hauler with wooden two by sixes on the bottom of it. Right. So we drive out like four hours to go check out this machine. And I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. I have no clue. We can't plug it in or nothing. And, uh, it's, it's this big 5,500 pound machine. And, and it's like the legs are only like four foot square. So you, so we're like, okay, he had to, the guy had a forklift. We decided to buy it. We decided to buy it. And it's, it's a Chevrolet 1418 VMC dash 40. And, uh, it's like I said, it's nothing crazy special, but the guy, he told me, he goes, man, I made my first million dollars on that machine and he does mold making. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he's, and he's like, this is, this was my baby. And he, it was in phenomenal condition. It was a 2004 model. And, uh, I mean, like wow. I said, it, it, things in the thing was in phenomenal condition, the tolerances when we got it. So, but I bought it and I didn't know, I didn't know he he's like, I, I didn't know what to do with it. I can't figure out why it won't work. Yeah. So I'm talking, talking on the side with my buddy and he's an electrician. And he goes, I bet you he hooked up the legs wrong on the three phase. And I went, bullshit, dude, there's no way, there's no way he did that. Something that stupid. There's no way. The guy tells me too, the, the tool changer hasn't worked in years, hasn't worked in, in years and years. So we're like, okay. So I called my boss and I'm like, Hey, can I, I got this machine. I'm on my way back with, can I run it over, hook it up to the three phase? I got, 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 the, got the, the guy with me to hook it up. It'll be safe and everything. And so we ended up having to run to home Depot and buy a little air compressor because it won't power up without air. You can't get anything to move without air. So, I mean, now I'm on, I'm on a wing and a prayer at this point. 
we get back to uh, to work, and uh, she's like, "Of course, as long as you don't kill anybody." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so <laughs> I can't guarantee any fucking thing. So so we get <clears throat> yeah, we get, we get there, and I'll tell you what, we had to go through the Sonoma Mountains. It was hairy, hairy, <laughs> hairy. Because you've got. This, it's not like hauling a car. You're hauling like, imagine a big rock you're trying to yeah. carry on this trailer. In the, I mean, it was sketchy. So he hooks up the, the three phase and he's like, all right, you ready? And he's going to flip it on and I'm going to stare at the computer. And I'm like, you know, if anything, we might be able to get some money back in scrap. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And uh, we turn the switch on and it powers up perfectly. Nice. Not a fucking thing wrong with it other than a tool changer. So we ended up, now we're looking to buy a house, my wife and I. So he offered to let me, he's got several shops on his property. So he's like, hey, you can put this in the shop. Um, I'm like, how the hell are we going to get it off? You know, because we got it on there with a forklift. And in fact, it was a small forklift and it wouldn't work. So we had to go borrow one from across the street, you know, the guy we bought it from and had to use this bigger forklift. And, and I'm thinking, man, so it was sketchy getting it off. I mean, it was a series of plates and drilling into the concrete, mounting a bull ring. And it, it, it was crazy getting this machine off. So, <laughs> so we, yeah, it was nuts. So we get it in the shop. We ended up buying a, a phase converter, a 40 horsepower phase converter. Um, this is a little more than what we needed. The machine's uh, 13 and a half horsepower. So, um, so you typically have to double the voltage. Uh, so, you know, for when you get a phase converter, you can't just get like a 15 horsepower phase converter on it. So we ended up with a 40 and, uh, and the first night that, uh, that we actually got it placed, leveled up, um, you know, because once you get it placed, you got to level the entire machine out and you got to do the spindle sweep and, you know, make sure you get, you know, all the axes where, you know, you're moving everything right. and it remains level. So, um, and we worked on it for the first night and figured out what was wrong with the tool changer. The following night, once we had a couple, a uh, couple, you know, wire, wire ends and things like that, we had the tool changer working. And, uh, so then, uh, I, you know, it was funny because I could CAD and CAM, which is program the part, um, but I never could run my parts. But I knew for like for a series of like three or four years how to how to, you know, CAD or CAM something out, program it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there just dying to try out some of my programs that I made. And uh, we finally got it all ready to go. And then it was time to run our first part. And so and it's starts fucking working we're like oh nice. this is badass so yeah i recorded a video of it i sent it over to the guy that uh sold me the machine and he was just he called me instantly and was like dude you have got to be kidding me he goes you've had to have done this before and i'm like no i'm just uh i'm just uh ignorant you know or uh I, i'm 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 hard-headed you know and and i have right. you know persistent <laughs> so yeah <laughs> So he's, he, uh, through that whole sale, we, be, we became really good friends and, um, yeah, the guy lives like four hours away, but yeah, that was his first machine. He, the more we got to talking, he said that machine, um, he said, you know, I'm like, so you said that machine made you a million dollars. Explain a little bit. He goes, actually, yeah, right. <laughs> he goes, that machine made me several million dollars, uh, you know, oh, yeah. and, and then it, that machine made a shop, you know, what it is today. And he's still in business and, and he's killing it, you know, and he really doesn't work anymore. He, it's all of his 
people in his shop work and he travels camps and travels to Hawaii and all this stuff. He does really well. So, so yeah, that was, that was the beginning of it, man. And, and, uh, you know, and then when we bought our house, uh, we thought about moving it and then we were like, you know, that machine works really good where it's at. My buddy is, uh, you know, he loves to, he, you know, he knows how to, he can swap parts out and stuff like that. And we make a pretty good team doing that stuff. So, cause you know, and, and then to get into absolute CNC, it was, uh, it was kind of one of those things that, um, you know, I had a couple machinist friends locally that were into, well, one of them was into helicopters and, um, the other one, um, in fact, he made, he used to make, uh, a lot of stuff for Futaba. He used to make all their ball ink pliers, uh, originally the ones with the green handles and stuff. And he was very secretive and they would always say made in Japan, but a lot of that stuff was not a lot of, a lot of the JR America uh, stuff was actually manufactured here. And, um, um, in Oroville and he was very secretive about it, but, uh, it in fact was, you know, and pretty, pretty neat stuff. Um, um, I know he did a lot of stuff for Futaba and JR. Um, he, you know, he, he did big with the hobby industry. I know that, you know, and, uh, but he was one of those guys, um, he wouldn't let you in his shop. Um, but he would let you get close and he would pull out stuff, you know, he's like, yeah, meet me at shop. I'll, I want you to, you know, uh, let me see, let me get you some pliers or something like if you were, you broke something and he'd be like, I got some of his own version and stuff. And then he would like kind of slyly go like, Oh, check this out. Oh, you didn't see that. And then he would, then you would show <laughs> right. it and you're like, dude, really? What the hell? You know? And, uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, Phil, he, he was a good, good guy, but he's, he's, uh, he's very stubborn and doesn't let people walk into a shop, but, you know, but anyway, um, these, uh, there was a few guys locally that I was hitting them up and, and Phil retired. And then my friend, Charlie, Wright He retired, but they were turning me on to some work locally. And so I started, you know, just, uh, you know, trying to get more and more comfortable with, with the, the job atmosphere. And then I had a friend in paradise before it burned down. I, I got a chance to work for a handful of months in his shop to learn the, the functionality of a shop, you know, and, and, um, because I mean, there's nothing, there's no, like, uh, no such thing as, as how fast can you machine this, but, but, but rather how efficiently can you machine this? Right. And, uh-huh. and, and I learned yeah, a much lot. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, can you be efficient in the way you CAD and and program and can you be efficient in the way you order tools and how you run your tools and right. um, how, you know how you're changing out parts I mean if you can be efficient in every little aspect of, of the shop then now you're that that's how you how you're machining fast right you know so I always like to use the word efficient rather than fast because you know you tell somebody oh I can machine that fast for you I can machine that quickly they're like wow, that's not going to be an accurate part. You know, people start mm-hmm, right. about it, you know? So, but, um, so I had, I had some good, uh, mentors, uh, unfortunately most of them have, you know, retired, so they're not active. So they're out a lot. So it's hard to get in touch with them all the time. But, uh, um, you know, and a lot of them are just tired of California too. So they're, you know, one of them just moved to Colorado. The other one's looking at property in Wyoming. And so, but anyway, um, yeah, they're, they're, uh, a lot of, a lot of, good mentors and being able to learn the shop functionality because I learned this so quickly, it was just crazy. And then, and then, so what I wanted to do is I started with machining some silly little neat mixture control levers in terms of RC and, and, um, you know, and, and then as we 
made those, I made like 300 sets and I sold out within like two weeks. I was like, what the heck? And uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, carburetor levers and just did some small stuff and it just took off so fast. And um, that we were like, you know what, I have to machine after work and that makes it really difficult with a family. So I put the kids to bed and then, and then I, you know, kiss my wife goodbye and I take off and it's like eight o'clock, seven, eight o'clock at night, you know, just depending on the day. And then I don't get back till almost one in the morning and then I got to be up for work at five. So it was killing me. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was nuts. So, um, we, uh, we just recently bought another machine for the house, um, a smaller one. And, uh, and then uh, got it all set up in our garage, and now now it's on. Now it's on like Donkey Kong. I have a lot, <laughs> like, quite a bit of local work that we're doing for local okay. machinists, and um, and then the, the the RC stuff is not really. I mean, because let's just face it: when you're in the states, it's really difficult. And I give Matt Bodos all the props in the world. Like, good luck, man. You know. Yeah. Because it's difficult to to manufacture and be profitable in the states, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. like my my plan with Absolute CNC Products. So Absolute CNC Products, you know, we do local work, but then we also have divisions, right? And that's that's what it's eventually going to be is is have multiple divisions of of parts. You know, we have some car stuff that we're going to make, motorcycle stuff. We have um, we have. Uh, RC car parts that we're actually in the in the middle of working on, we are uh, and helicopter stuff, you know, and and so it's going to have like a, a it's going to be it's absolute CNC products. That's what it is, and there's a hobby side to it, and 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 then a lot of other stuff added to it as well. So that's 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 what what it's what it's looking like right now. That's that's what we're going for, and and so far, um, just with the RC helicopter stuff, the few products that I've made, I can't even keep you know can't even keep them in stock like you know heli direct has been killed with some of the sales and stuff with just a few products they have so it was it was working out so well that we got another machine (laughs) so great yeah yeah nice sorry i could keep going on and on man (laughs) that's okay no no so i know when when i first started seeing you make hobby related stuff um it was with some neo cases, some antenna mounts, and stuff like that, and it was all three D printed. So yeah, can you, yeah. Can you talk about some of your three D printer work and like yeah. you know, what what do you use for a three D printer, and you know, for this type of production work? Yeah, so I was using uh, the mono price stuff, and that was before okay. we had. Yeah, it was before we had some of the nicer printers that we have now. Um, and I still currently have just my mono price stuff, and it's been great. But we definitely want to get some uh, some better printers. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's what kind of started, you know, I, not having a big CNC machine. Um, man, I ended up with a tabletop router, like CNC router, that would actually cut aluminum. And I put that inside a large sandblast cabinet, and I was machining in the upstairs of our house. Our <laughs> oh, wow. You know, yeah, and uh, that's how bad I was wanting a machine, but it took forever, right, because it was so small, and um, so I wanted to take my designs and put them into reality, and that's hence the 3D printing, you know, I was just so, 
I'm like, man, I, I can CAD like crazy. I can, I, I know I can program these parts. You know, I feel confident, even though I wasn't able to run my programs. I just, I just, mm-hmm. you know, you eat, sleep and breathe it for so long and start seeing what people are doing wrong. And they're talking about their speeds and their feeds, you know, and all these different terminologies. And I'm just like, okay, so I'm not going to do that. And this is okay. Mm-hmm. How we do an aluminum 304 stainless steel, you know, uh, uh, you know, all these different materials and, and learning about them, but I couldn't do anything with it because i didn't have a big cnc machine so yeah 3d printing 3d printing really um filled that gap and that void that i had for manufacturing that was pretty cool so nice uh, so many people doing it now you know so i think keith williams has really stepped it up you know in terms of uh you know making 3d printed products that you can actually sell you know what i mean because so many people like hey share that file with me you know and he's done you know a lot fantastic i mean just like with his starter stuff i mean he's got integrated parts you know it's not just 3d Mm -hmm. printed so he he did really well and i kudos to him for that because you know he found a way to to do it you know to make a little business out of it it's pretty neat awesome yeah. So where do you come up with your ideas for like the heli parts that you want to create? You know. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know, most of the time it's it's sitting around, you know, going, man, I wish I had something like this. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's where it all starts. You know, you 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 kind of you sit around. I'm, I'm sure all of us get like that, man. I wish I had this. You know, I'm every time I'm in the sun and I'm trying to make a setting change on my radio, I'm like. Oh yeah, I need a radio stand. And then I got one and it didn't fit the V control really well, you know, and, and I'm like, it it was cheap. You know, I think I got it off eBay or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I'd seen a few of them that were decent, you know, um, I had that. And then a buddy of mine had that one single kickstand one. that was just like one, I think he got it from hobby King and he was, uh, he kept knocking it over and he was complaining about how short it was, you know, and things like that. So, and so it's just, I'm sitting there going, huh, you know, so I, I, it's funny. I hit up Ron chorus and picked his brain. I sent him over a design. He's like, dude, that's ugly. There's too much going on there, you know? And, <laughs> and, so, and so I sent him another design. He's like, Oh, now you're fucking talking. Now you're talking, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think a lot of it, you know, a lot of it just, just is, is stuff that I wish I had, you know, there's, right. I wanted, I wanted those OS carburetor arms and they were never in stock. Uh-huh. They were like unicorns, couldn't find them anywhere. So I'm like to hell with it. And so I, I started Yes, make my mm-hmm. own the the neat, the mixture levers. I I, I love the Lynx mm-hmm. mixture levers, so I decided to do something a little different. And I drew those 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 mixture levers. I made them. Never been real happy with those. I literally made those and like I designed them in literally like five minutes and was like, well, this looks cool on paper. Mm-hmm. And then when I manufactured them, I was like, ah, oh, they're a little too thick. Um, you know, I don't like. And then and then there was a problem with the with the anodize we had. They. Uh, my buddy, he's so used to throwing stuff in the in the deburring bucket, you know, the deburring trough that we have, mm-hmm. and and these I didn't want thrown in there, and he threw them in there, and they came out dull, and I'm like, oh my god, oh no, you know. So then when we got them back from anodized, they were like this matte red and blue finish, you know what I mean? They didn't have that real yeah the luster to it, the shine. Luster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's a, a lot of the stuff is just sitting there wishing I had this or wishing I had that. So um, we'll be working on some exhaust headers here very soon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, nice. The V control stands, yeah, the V control stands. I got to get. Uh, I have to. St- I have to run a whole nother set of them. I ran a lot of them, and now, and I cannot believe the popularity on them. It's been amazing. So, which I is gotta- interesting. I, you know, like transmitter stands. I thought were being phased out recently. You know, like last couple right. of years, you don't really see them often. And there's right. a there's a need for them, I think, especially with the V control. It's the way that they have the plugs on the back. I think it's right. Even you know, you can't charge the thing and have it standing up or it'll fall forward, and you know, and or you just lay it on the cable and it puts a kink in the cable and stuff. So it I, used to I, freak me out. Yeah, you know. I, so like, and when I saw yours, I was like, oh, well, let me order one because I want to. You know, like, I hate this. I hate standing it up. I, I I've knocked over my V. Both my V controls, the classic and touch, many times oh. trying to just stand it up and having the battery plugged in, you know, and it'll just it'll knock over. My cat will knock it over. I'll hit it. You know, someone will knock it over. I've been yep. good. I haven't broken anything, switches or anything off of it, but it's just going to, it's about time. It's, you know, it's just a matter of time when it does happen, right? So, yes. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, how's it working out? You like it and everything? I like it. Yeah, it still fits in my case. Like, I didn't have to mod my Pelican case to like fit the extra bit of you know thing that's on the back now. Cool. Yeah, it it fits right in the foam. It doesn't matter. Um, I like it. You know, but it still fits in the case. Yeah, that's awesome. With the Mikado case, it's a little bit. um, I had to just trim a little bit. We're talking Mm -hmm. like. I had to like make this little uh, bird's mouth cut on both sides yeah. because when it was folded out, it kind of grabs. But if you grab it from the bottom and lift it out first, it doesn't matter. But I like to grab it from the top and pull it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was grabbing a little bit. So, but uh, that's, yeah. that's cool though. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, it's just mostly out of necessity. And, uh, and, and so since this stuff has really been taken off, like the, like the carburetor arms, I mean, I, I sold out of my stock super fast and then I've heli direct has been selling, like selling them like crazy. Nice. And I'm like, man, this is fantastic, you know? So, and, and so much stuff, what's happened is the, the throttle arms got bought out or, or the, the uh, mixture levers got bought out super quick and then the carburetor arms and then this part and that part. And all of a sudden I'm like going, man, you know, I, you know, with, with doing this, the local stuff and then doing this stuff as well, um, this, this hobby stuff was actually taken off a lot more than I thought, I thought, you know, and it's, it's so, hence another reason why we wanted a machine for the house because it was easier for me to. Uh, there's a lot of the local stuff we do. We're not doing huge production stuff. It, it's it, it's good money. It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely good money, but um, but it's it's um, you know, like oh, I need eight of these or I need sixteen of these, you know, mm-hmm. um, here or there, and then we we run those Ball whether. Runs. It's- yeah, yeah, exactly, and and it, and it's and it, and those small runs make good money, you know, and but uh, but then this hobby stuff was going. I'm like, man, we need. I need to be able to, like, I mean, these stands. I literally just got them back from Anodize last week on Tuesday, and it went balls to the walls getting them ready. Uh, 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 machining because then they come back from anodized and they have to machine the chamfer in them and yeah. and then pack it up and be on the you know be in the truck traveling down to San Diego by Thursday <laughs> you know right and and now I'm sitting here 
right now going, oh my God, I have to pick up more material next week. I'm going to be like, I don't want to name it yet, but there's uh, really excited about uh, another company involved in the RC hobby that's going to be carrying these stands. Very excited because they're, nice. they go hand in hand. Let's just put it that way. Right. And okay. so the stands go hand in hand. Right. So, so really, really, really excited. Wink, um, wink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> really uh-huh. excited about, really excited about that. Cool. And, um, and then there's a couple other hobby shops that reached out and want to carry the products. Uh, and so, it, you know, it's, it's like, okay, cool. And, and so, um, yeah, so we're excited about that and, and glad I, glad I picked up this other machine that we have here at my house. So, yeah. and then, and then, uh, and then I have a ton of other products really excited to start getting into production. So we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to lay low for a minute because this did happen really fast in terms of the RC side of stuff. I didn't realize the stuff would be so popular that the, the few things that we've made. So, um, so, you know, we're going to take a step back for a minute and be kind of quiet because part of the problem is I got, I got a big mouth and I'm like, Hey guys, check this out. Would you be interested in this? Or who, who likes this? You know, I got to <laughs> stop doing that because then everybody's yeah. like, man, I want it right now. And yeah. then, and then when I come out with it, I'm like in a rush. Okay, here it is guys. And they're like, okay, great. Bye, bye, bye. And then I'm like going, uh Oh, I don't have any stock. So right now we're going to sit back. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get our, our carburetor arms. Uh, Cause I just, you know, uh, uh, just uh, one of the online retailers just bought me out of, everything I had in terms of, you know, uh, carburetor arms and, and all that good stuff. So I got to get, uh, you know, and the power tune stuff, like, I'm like going, Oh my gosh. So we're, we got to ramp up production. we got to get that stuff back in stock and then, uh, and start in on these. I know there's a ton of people that want the headers and, um, which is I think going to be perfect by the time that the MRCI pipes come out. Um, they'll have another option for the pipes. I'm really excited with the way I've designed them. Um, I took a lot of time with them. The flow is fantastic with them. Um, not, not a big, you know, unfortunately there's only, you know, what left, what's left of Hattori and then what's, and then MRCI. And I'm hoping because I've heard rumors that, you know, it's a, it's a big hobby for the guy, like a major hobby for the guy making those pipes. So I'm not sure it's, it's kind of a gamble with the headers, but at the same time, if I'm going to make one or two for myself, I might as well run a stick or two of them because it's going to cost me the same. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, and I'm going to buy it anyway. So, you know, so anyway, but like I said, we've got other stuff coming out also with the RC car, uh, industry. Um, but in helicopter stuff, we've got a lot of different stuff. We're going to, we're going to be manufacturing. So I'm excited about it. Super excited. Nice. Now you mentioned, um, you, you send out your metal work to get anodized. Mm -hmm. I do. So do you guys like have a, like, you know, is there a color palette that you guys choose from, or is it just like, eh, let's just pick these main solid colors? Because that's kind of what most people buy, like blue, red, black. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so what I do, um, so there, there is a, there is a, my local anodizer. Very fortunate to have a nice anodizer locally. Um, they're they're called Chico Metal Finishing, and they're actually located here in Oroville, ironically enough. And um, they've uh, they have a, a selection of of uh, standard anodizing, and then hard anodized colors. Uh, hard anodized is a little more uh, it's more durable uh, than the standard anodized stuff. And uh, what I've done, like like we'll just use the. Uh, 
the V control stands, for instance, uh-huh. um, go, going through all the different colors that they have. I was like, you know, black is a definite must. I mean, if you have sure. a red one, go with it. If you have a blue one, it'll go with it. If mm-hmm. you have a, a neon one, black. Yeah, don't matter what color. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the blue to me was kind of a no brainer because you've got you know V control or the V bar or the Neo is blue and the original V bar was blue and they have blue a lot of blue in their advertising you know so mm-hmm. I thought you know what let's go with the blue one you know um, and you know I thought. You know, okay, we could do red, but then I thought you try to put that with any of the other colors and it's very few and far between, right? You know, so yeah. we thought about red, I thought about gold, you know, and I thought, well, gold might be kind of cool, you know, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens in the future and what kind of demand we've gotten. I mean, I've had, I've had just, I've had a couple people ask me for red and then I've had a couple people ask me Red's for a hard a, color to anodize because it could come out looking pinkish and it, it can, it can. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. when we did the, did the power tune kits um Mm -hmm. we chose to go with red just because of the ys you know red and um and the anodizer they do a really good job with red and and it it came out the the reds very very red and same with the carburetor arms and uh they've seemed to held up hold up pretty well but yeah and believe it or not blue if if you take blue in like you go if you have some parts and you're gonna like okay i'm gonna give you half the parts right now and then i got another half yeah it could be different right the blue can vary tremendously Mm -hmm. you know i don't know if you've noticed even with like the bk servos you might have one oh uh, yeah in blue and then you have to replace one and it's a different blue because that's just yeah. how blue is with anodizing it's really yeah. difficult to get right so yeah if we're going to do something blue then we make sure we have all the parts uh, to go together like there's parts that go in unison with you know sure. like, like the v-control stands there's three parts that make up the thing so mm-hmm. we get them all done at the same time so yeah yes sir awesome it's yeah. better than i would do i would just say everything's black it's either black or nothing now shut up black or silver right like either black or non yeah yeah right right yeah you know i had had quite a few people ask me if i had any raw you know raw anodized and um i you know unfortunately one guy he was a little too late i just dropped everything off but the one guy he's getting a a raw anodized and i really liked the look until these came back from anodized and i'm like Mm -hmm. no no i'm glad i got the black one (laughs) yeah the chamfers look so nice when when that silver shows through the aluminum silver shows through yeah yeah it's it's beautiful you know and so on some of that we're also going to be doing i'm doing some carburetor uh, arms soon that uh we're working on a lot of things you don't see in in um in uh, rc you know and, and especially in the helicopter stuff is a lot of 3d contoured parts you know and and the reason is they take a while to make you know um they right. take a little bit longer to make, but I'm really excited. Uh, I'm going to end up doing some mixture levers that are have 3D contours in them. I'm doing some carburetor arms that have 3D contours that that just look, you know, futuristic, and that you know, and they'll have, uh, cool. you know, uh, yeah. So yeah. really, really excited about doing some more stuff like that because you know I do have the ability to, like, you know, one thing I don't want to, you know, get is too far away from. You know, I, I want to be. I want to. I want to make sure that, like, hey, look, this is, like, 
this isn't about the dollar. I mean, at the end of the day, let's face it, you got to make money to get into this because I tell people machining is getting into CNC machining is like, um, is like sitting at a poker table with a minimum buy-in of $500. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's expensive, you know, um, just your tooling and everything. I mean, you know, we got this new machine and it was, uh, you know, it was the better part of 10 K just to get the thing operational, uh, with, with the tooling and everything that we needed, you know what I mean? It's, it's ridiculous, you know? So, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I want to make parts that, you know, I'm not making this to, Oh, I can't wait to get this money for this. I can't wait to No, it's about, Hey, I want to put incredible parts in people's hands. You know what I mean? And that's what I want to do. I want to put some, some awesome parts in people's hands. It might take a little bit longer. It might be a little more expensive than what you could order. Like, like you could literally order a radio stand and I'm shoot myself in the foot for this. I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's made in America. You could literally go on eBay and order a radio stand with chamfered edges, you know, for five bucks, like literally, yeah. you know, and it, it's, but I mean, they're all Chinese freaking crap metal. And yeah, you know. they're, they're, yeah, they're funky, you know, they're, they're, you know, but, uh, you know, it, but then, you know, and then my stand. So once they go into retailers, they're going to list for 55. In fact, I got chewed out. I couldn't believe it, you know, and I'm just being straight up here, man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm at this, I'm at the event and, uh, this funny, uh, Doug Darby, he's looking, he's like, you're only charging what, you know, and gave me a hard time. And then <laughs> so many people walked up and was like 45 bucks. No, man, here's, here's 60, here's 60. I'm like, what are you t- like? What? Who does that? That people was in this hobby. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. It was yeah. incredible. It was, it was, I had a yeah. lot of great feedback at the fun fly. I mean, I can't do, I, I brought 20, uh, at first I brought 20 of them and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to bring some boxes full of, of unpackaged that I'll package at the event if I run yeah. out. And, um, on Thursday I went, Oh my God, I'm going to run out. And then Saturday hit and I'm like, I ran out, you know what <laughs> I mean? And it, it was, it was, it was insane. It was insane. And that was just, you know, uh, so we're, I was, we're packaging, I was out there packaging parts, you know, so we could get them in people's hands and stuff. Wasn't expecting it. And then, and then just like I said, people that did, these weren't my f- people I knew. These were random people, you know, saying, man, you're, you're you know, and obviously I'm, I've priced these to, you know, it's obviously going to, you know, they're going to make money on them. But then, you know, people are like, anyway, it's just good feedback, man. Just great feedback. So I want to produce parts that are, you know, I've only been doing this a year and a half, man. I mean, straight up, you know, I've only been doing this a year and a half and, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I want to produce parts that people want and, um, and do it for fun, you know, and I'm open to ideas. I love when people come to me, Hey, have you ever thought about this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the RCHO guys, I mean, yeah. they were, uh, they were pinning me to the, to the wall to get them to, or, to, you know, to, to, uh, you know, work with them on this power tune thing. And then they ended up, uh, Jay ended up going, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you, why don't you do it? You know, they were going to do it themselves, but then he turned it over and was like, Hey, why don't, why don't we do an absolute CNC product, you know, and you do it, you know? And I'm like, well, <laughs> here's what I need. And, and man, those guys were amazing in the testing and, and, uh, 
you know, uh, Tom Shin and Sherman and John Allen. I mean, they were, they were yeah. fantastic with all the testing with all that stuff. So again, I'm, I'm open to ideas. Um, I'm honest, like, Hey man, I, you know, like it was Jay, Jay and I had a few tough conversations cause you know, he didn't, you know, there was a lot to it. I mean, you got to think about manuals. It's a controversial product. So this product better mm-hmm. be ready to bolt on. Right. So, you know, and so, um, but you know, that's, that's what, makes a good product is is having tough conversations and and uh and uh you know finding a solution to bring it to life you know so yeah so i'm always open to stuff um you know i always tell people yeah if you ever think of something that you know we're constantly thinking of stuff and and um i have a few guys that i'm always picking brains with and asking what they think and and um you know so yeah you guys ever think of something that you think the market needs you know we're all about it man we're all about listening to people and what they want and and putting it bringing it to life if it makes if it if it makes sense you know so cool. pretty neat For sure. yeah that's yeah. awesome yes sir fun stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah can you right. make a reset button for my transmitter? <laughs> right? Crash. Yeah, yeah, Come right. out with that, I think it would sell well. Oh, <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> Don't we all need that, man? Oh, especially, when, especially when your friends are egging you on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have any other questions you want to talk about? I can't think of anything, man. It's covered quite uh, a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I can't think of anything offhand. All right. Um, I want to, I guess, have let's have Gregor share his contact info here, um, yeah. because you know, you kind of segue from it, like you say, you know, if, if people have ideas and maybe they have a product they want to, you know, they need a machinist or some CNC work done to prototype it or make it or you know or. You know, how would they contact you to maybe throw you some business? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and I always say that, and that's no pun intended. But it's uh, <laughs> it's a Gregor Gregor at AbsoluteCNCProducts.com, and it's all lowercase. So, and then uh, you can reach out, reach me directly through there, or you can uh, reach me uh, through Facebook Messenger as well. So, yeah. anytime. And uh, as for the website, and and we've been talking about it for a while, but uh, so my wife and I, we've been uh, going back and forth and looking at different platforms and such. And my, my website guy, unfortunately, uh, uh, passed away recently. So, um, I didn't, you know, it kind of put us in a, in a position. And so I have another friend that's pretty good with that stuff, but he's too busy. So we've, uh, pretty soon we'll have a website up. We, we think we found a platform that we really like. And, um, and then uh, we'll uh, again we'll have our products up on the website. People will come to it. Um, like I said, this all happened really fast, so it's it's been it's been you know. And unfortunately, due to some unfortunate events, it's 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 taken a little while. But for now, you can like I said, reach me directly at that email or Facebook, and always happy to to take on new things. So things, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. If I plan on getting into the CNC field, I'm definitely going to contact you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been doing 3D printing for probably eight years now. Five, oh, yeah, probably at least. Nice. Uh, probably, yeah. No, I'm not I think sure. like six, six years. We, we met before you did 3D printing, right? 
Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so so we probably met about seven years ago. So probably around six years, I think you've been doing it. Yeah. Five no. or six years. For a long time, though. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kevin yeah, printed a whole full size three R two D two. That's incredible. I thought that's what I was catching wind of there. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's awesome. That is so awesome. So yeah, can I write cool. it? I'm kidding. Can you write it? <laughs> <laughs> that's nope. awesome. Yeah, that's incredible. He might break um, on yeah. his own weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah you ever get into machining man i mean there's so many really cool options to to get into um we're uh you know we ended up um a lot, it's so funny because you know i've had a chance to operate uh a haas which is definitely one of the machines that i look at like i i'm, I'm gonna have one of those you know because our 2004 it's a 2004 but it it you know it's it's uh i have to drip feed it you know g code so um you know, it's a little more um, hands-on, you know, in terms of like, you know, running right. it with today's technology and stuff. Okay. You got to, it's a little more you got to do. And then, and then you have, and then the machine we bought for our house, we ended up with, we were looking at a lot of different options and, um, and we're like, you know what, because I'm, you, I need to use, I need to get something smaller for, for a lot of prototype stuff and getting my fixturing made uh, for the, for the big machine when we do some, you know, heavy you know you know let's say we're doing like heavy steel uh uh you know cuts you know we're meaning heavy meaning like larger production stuff you know making my fixtures because having my machine away from home and it being my second job it makes it difficult when i get over there i just want to run parts you know so right. having the machine at home a smaller machine at home i can get all my fixturing made you know and your check and tolerances and you might run into some ah, i want to change that so if i'm over there and i want to change something it's like oh i gotta you know i got it's 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 just a much bigger process so being able to get fixturing and all that good stuff and prototyping made here at home we ended up uh we ended up buying a, a tormach machine which is um you know it was you know i at first i you know i'm like oh god a tormach it's a it's a it's a glorified mill it's this it's that and uh, they came out with this new mx series and i gotta tell you it's i i was pleasantly surprised um with what nice. it's been able to do for us so you ever you know that's it's definitely you you can it you can read the thing about machinists is they always have an opinion and they always have a different way of doing it. And, and it's, mm -hmm. it's worse. It's worse than asking 10 different mechanics, what the best oil is. You're obviously going to get 10 different answers. Well, let's say you have 10 mechanic or 10 machinists in the room. You're going to get 20 different answers. Trust right. me. They, 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 they the, the same guys will give you a different answer for everything. It's crazy. everything they make. They have to build tooling for, right? Which means they have to custom make something to make that. And oh, yeah. a lot of, and because of that aspect, people are custom making different tools, which means there's a billion different ways of making that thing. So there, there really is. They come out yeah. with. I mean, some guys, some guys hold thin parts with super glue, you know, and and some guys are like, dude, you're crazy. Some guys are using this crazy strong tape, you know. Some guys, you know, and 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 this guy will explain why why this is the best way to do it and the other guy will explain why this is the best way to do it and at the end of the day the best way to do it is the best way that works for you you know yeah, what I mean? the one that works for you right. yeah absolutely yeah so you know this this tormach we got we're uh you know we got it to uh to to um because it's like you know, it, I kept reading all these stories. These guys said, yeah, I bought my Tormach and a year later we bought a Doosan or a Haas. And those are like 
those are, you know, we're, you know, the deuce on is what we were originally looking at, but it was, you know, I thought, well, we could do that right now, but I'm not really producing the amount of coin to where it makes sense right now. Right. You know, we could totally do it, but, but I don't want to make the payment on it. You know, <laughs> I want the business to make the payment on it. And so I'm like, okay, we could almost do it, but, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to be living on the edge because I want to be comfortable with my home, you know, with my regular job sure. and, and I want to, and I want this to pay for itself, which makes sense. You know, anyone, you know, it's, it's, it's obvious, you know? So, so we went with, we almost went with this, uh, Rob Bingham just got the sile and mm-hmm. what an incredible machine. That is a phenomenal machine, but in England, they have such phenomenal support for it. And, um, here in the states i had a really rough experience we we were gonna buy one and and then we had a little bit of an experience that was pretty frustrating not to put sile down because they make an incredible machine and you were to put a tormach in front of me versus a sile i'm buying the sile right now if money wasn't an option but but um there was some things that you know the price of it you know because i could have bought a haas for just like six grand more you know what i mean and we're talking two totally different machines you know what i'm saying so that's like a blade cp versus you know a t-rex 450 sev2 you know what i'm saying and and (laughs) your blade cp costing as much as a t-rex 450 sev2 that it's like why would i do that you know so so um so anyway like i said you you ever think about getting into that stuff that the the tormox a really good uh uh way to get they have i mean even their little 440 i mean doug darby's got one and he you know he makes cool crap all the time with it you know yeah so so yeah so i mean it's 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 obtainable you know i mean they're still you know they're still you know you get into a decent machine with an enclosure and tool changer they're still you know i don't know like 15 Fifteen thousand or something like that yeah. for a for a you know they're they're a little better than a bench tabletop they're a little bit bigger the the fourth small four forty is we we got a much bigger one but uh, it's um, you know still reasonably priced for what they are but still expensive at the same on the same note <laughs> so, yep. yeah but, uh, uh, anyway anyway I could go on and on <laughs> so, awesome right on guys. okay uh, shall we move it do we have a planker segment. I don't think so. I don't think so either. (laughs) Too busy getting drunk on that soldier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, riding riding balloons, yes. All right, how about some news and announcements then? Yeah, let's do some news. And announcements. Okay, what do we got here? Well, we finally got some info on the Goblin Raw Nitro. Mm Mm-hmm. Finally, had to look forever to find it, but we eventually found it. Andy, was it on yep. their webpage? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Why these companies keep releasing stuff and put out no info on their webpage is beyond me. I do not understand it. It's all to create a buzz. They, mm-hmm. they, yeah. The, the buzz is I don't want to spend a half an hour looking for the <laughs> damn specs. Put them somewhere where we can find mm-hmm. them. <laughs> you want to sell something but so anyway. they changed a bit of things for this huh yes yeah compared uh, to the, the regular raw electric a few things 30 millimeter boom mm-hmm. stands out as a difference yep um 
I don't know what else. You were telling me it has the uh, the 580 transmission. Yeah, so it has the basically except modified grips to fit 14 mil blades. Yeah, right? so so it has different blade grips, but it's basically a 580 transmission system. Yeah. Um. You know, running the full size servos and all that stuff. The head block, I think, is from a 580, so it's small and okay. ultra light. But they did definitely, there's like a version two of the main grips, you know. The original main grips were 12 millimeter only, which, you know, drew some complaints from the initial testers and R&D folks. So to support, you know, RT and um, spin blades, they went and up the sizes so you can fit 14 millimeter. Okay, nice. Yep. The Nick Maxwell Revo blades are 14 as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, other than that, it's very similar to the RAW. You know, it runs the same canopy set and, and front hatch system. It has a huge tank. Um, yeah, it's ginormous. Yeah, it's we'll right see out 22 ounces. 22 ounces. 21.97 yeah. or 650 milliliters. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, it's very definitely. The silhouette of a raw. I'm gonna be interested in seeing how the 30 millimeter boom is. I'm interested in seeing how that tail case looks too, because now it's a smaller tail case. So can they, you know, what the final gear ratio for the tail drive is and stuff? Be interesting to see what they, what numbers they put out. I can tell you, it's 5.1 to 4.9 to one. 22. And what's this? What's included, the included, which 4. is 5.1. 5. 5. 5. Wow. 5.1, okay. Main rotor ratio is 7.7 to 8.3 with the 27 tooth included, which is 8.1. Uh-huh. Awesome. So you have some options there. Yep. Um, you also have options on, on blade size. You know, Even though it has like that smaller, I guess, rotor head design or lighter rotor head design, Still fit, you know, your your traditional, I guess, six nineties to seven thirties, seven twenty, seven thirty. Right, seven thirties is what they have listed here. Yeah. I'm looking at specs on BK Hobbies website. Yep. So they should be correct. Um it'd be very interesting to see the battery size thing. So there is seems to be a limitation on the battery size and I think that's primarily due to the way that they mount the battery. It's not in the front of the heli or yeah, traditionally. Yeah, it's mounted on the side and it's mounted in a case, which yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. I think you it have to take a screw weird. out to get to it. Like, I think I, what, I'm, I'm not I remember sure. Kyle saying on the, one of the heli heads that there's two screws that hold it on, so you loosen one and slide it back and take the other one out, something like that. I don't mm. know if I like having to take screws out to get to the battery. When yeah, I, I'd rather have it just have like an opening on the bottom of a Velcro strap or something, you know? Yeah. When I put my basket case Harley together years ago, uh, you could see the engineering that went into it, which was almost non-existent. And one of the things that struck out to me was the battery mounts were like, you you could tell the two engineers were like, oh shit, we got to put a battery on this. Yeah, thing. Let's just mount it right here. <laughs> right. Because it was like oh, this yeah. this bolt's available. Yeah, this bolt hole works. Let's so do is this. this one. Yep. 
Okay. They're saying uh, in this spec, which I don't, it might could go above or below this, but they're saying 1800 to 2500. Yeah. Milliamp hour 2S. So, yeah. So, I don't know. It's different. I guess being light, it doesn't need like a huge battery, but still, right. Be a little, uh, I know some like to run big receiver packs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people do that to get CG, right? Putting it out on the front. Putting it on the side here. I mean, no matter what size, how do you, how do you balance it? Well, I, I, I can't help but wonder maybe the pipe is off, you know, the pipe and battery. I don't know. I'm not sure. You well, I think it, one of the main reasons why they did this because the canopy is not removable, right? So they can't put it in a traditional spot. You would put the receiver pack on the front, you know. Um, right. That makes sense. Tray, you know, throttle mount server area, right? Right. So, so what you have to do is you have to put it somewhere else. Now, you know, knowing how SAB and Italian folks like to design things, they're not just going to stick it somewhere, right? So instead they make a fancy-looking case to stick it on the side. But you're right. How do you balance How out? How do you Unless, CG it? Right. Because, I mean, if you, you know, different size tail blades, different servos, you could have. Servos, I would say less. Maybe the tail servo for sure. But, yeah, I'd say cyclists don't make too much of a difference. Um, well, probably but, not too much. But, but like a 90 can make a versus a 105 or a 120, you know, like. Yeah. How are you going to CG in the front? it? I don't. Yeah. Well, it it is still running the same fan shroud and everything, and just from looking at the picture, you probably could still mount the battery in the front if you really wanted to. Yeah, it depends how much clearance you have with the canopy. Um, it's pretty tight to me. It looks pretty tight. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It looks kind of tight. Uh, we'll we'll see. Um, Take this ultra light helium, add weight, add lead to it, CGS. <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, they're saying approximately 8.8 pounds without fuel. That's ridiculous. That's going to be nice. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't know. What what do you add? A pound of fuel, maybe? Even then. Even then, right? So like under 10 pounds? Yeah, under 10 pounds. That's going to be freaking nice. I don't know. I'll see. Hopefully I get mine soon. I already pre-ordered mine, so. Nice. Oh, nice. It looks cool. It looks just like the electric one, except with the uh-huh. engine in it. Yeah. Now, one thing I am going to, I you know, I appreciate the, the lightness. I think it's going to be fantastic to fly such a light 700-size uh, Nitro. I think some folks might complain about the parts switchability or compatibility with the RAW. Electric because the head's right. different. Not, yeah, different. Going, there's not a lot of stuff going right? to be interchangeable. I don't imagine. I think looking in the picture is hard to tell, but to me, the picture of the landing gears look like the lightweight landing gears come in stock uh-huh. um, because the piping looks very thin and so does the skid. So if it's a lighter one, which is fine, you know, so far they've been holding up very well, but. Um, just you know everything about it is different right like you know so it's that well, like um, yeah if you're your uh, gear train and stuff it's not going to be interchangeable your tailbox your boom right the boom your headlock your grips all that stuff's going to be different so yeah you're not 
I don't know this, but I'm assuming you're not going to have a whole lot of parts that interchange with the yeah. the 700 electric. Well, one thing I'm curious about is, would you be able to put some of the stuff on, right? Like, could you change to the 30 millimeter boom on your, your electric if you wanted to? Could you change to the nitro head because it's smaller and lighter, you know? Still fit the same blade, still, you know, can withstand Kyle flying the crap out of it, you know? So, I don't know. Curious, you know, would that actually be a benefit too for folks that want to like lighten up their goblin raw electric even more so? Yeah. Interesting. I'd say thing. probably when you get yours, uh, definitely do a side by side to see what's really different other than what, you know, what yeah. we've heard. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to definitely be doing an unboxing and, uh, and probably like a, a build speed time lapse. I've been trying to think about doing some time-lapse build, but doing a voiceover on top. You should do something because, I mean, not to be mean, but those time-lapse videos aren't very useful. Yeah, they're just fun to just see. Just watch you run around like a madman. But, I mean, I don't know what you get out of that. Get to see how you get Mm -hmm. (laughs) though. But, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, All right, what else we got? Links, oh, Heli Innovation. Price either though, which is actually oh. really interesting. What's the price? Sorry, six ninety six, which means this, in my opinion, is the first time the nitro version versus electric version have been the same price. Usually, nitro version is a little bit more. Nine sixty nine, you mean? Yeah, sorry, nine sixty nine. Is that? I thought that's what I said. Maybe I said it backwards. But yeah, which is I think the same price as the the raw electric. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I didn't. Yeah, I, I think it's nine forty nine, but you know, twenty bucks difference. I call that a wash. Yeah. Comes with uh, six ninety mm-hmm. mains and one hundred five tails. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Pre-order yours. I know BK Hobbies has a pre-order setup. I know Only Fine Helis has a pre-order setup already. I think Heli Director and A Main. If not, probably already do. Yeah, probably so, do. Yeah, go check out your favorite retailer. Go buy this thing. It's going to be great. As Rob likes to say, it's the next best thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Because it's hey, the guys. latest. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, guys, on that note, I think I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Yeah. Yeah, no but, problem. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. Once again, I thank you so much for letting me be a part of the show. And yeah, it was very cool. Thank oh, you no, for coming and hanging out. Yes, yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime you want me to come bug you, I will. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. It's definitely great to meet you. Yeah, you too, man. You too. Yeah. You too. And hopefully so, soon we'll be able to meet in person at a fun yeah. ride near you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Awesome. I'm also also looking also looking forward to getting out that way yeah. as soon as I can. Super excited. So, all right, awesome. you guys. All right, Gregor. Take, Take care. care. Awesome. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Take care, man. Take care. Thanks. So, what do we got next here? Links Heli Innovations. All right. What do we got? Had an announcement saying they're bringing the factory to you. Mission is same to provide the best upgrades and helicopters on the market, and now to bring factory style kits and parts inventory to your local dealer. Goal is to help dealers to stock the right kits, spare parts, and upgrades. Uh, to drive the customers to the dealers. They are saying that 
through the shipping costs and stuff, the it's getting too expensive to ship small orders straight from the factory. Like they're they're basically have been eating the loss, and so they're going to have to put a minimum on an order. Like you can still order straight from the factory, Vietnam, but there'll be a minimum. Like I don't uh, I don't remember seeing exactly what it was, but it won't be something where you can just like order ten dollars and pay whatever the cheap shipping. Right. Which I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And if they put more stock in the dealers, then that, I mean, it's not a problem. Might even be better in some ways. Right. Agreed. Yep. Sweet. All right. What else do we got here? Synergy has released the... Yeah, I think this is big of bad to do this. Fan Shroud for the N5C... Uh, N5, N5C, and I sort of think this might fit other things, to be honest. I'm not sure. But he's he's released it open source. Uh-huh. He says, one of the most difficult and time-consuming parts to design on a nitro helicopter is the fan shroud. Back in 2007, I spent cou- countless hours tweaking the airflow on the N5 slash N5C since my intellectual property is being used for profit by other parties, I'm officially releasing this design as open source so anyone with capabilities can manufacture or 3D print their own. And he give a that link to the email thing. Is, yeah, the whole email thing, like here's proof of this, I think it's not even needed. No, that gets into a whole. I don't know. Yeah, we don't need up. to get into it. Yeah, I do think that it's cool that he released it. Um, let's see how open source he actually goes with this, because the true definition of the source is he's going to make the source code or the source, you know, file the, right. the source CAD file available, which means people can modify it and reprint any version of it for their own use. You know. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to release the STL. I yeah, he put on the thingy on there. Yeah, I didn't see uh, it. Yeah, but I didn't see it. Like, it's not on there. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. It's not on their site yet. Yeah, I don't see it here. So, if he releases the the model to SolidWorks or whatever, you can, where you can modify it and stuff, that'd be Shit. I can better. modify anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can modify even. But like Steve that. was saying, okay. if you actually have the the three D model, it's better than having the STL. Absolutely, oh. but that doesn't stop Kevin. <laughs> Shit, I take out my pocket knife and modify the hell out of it. There you go. I don't know why I would, but I could. You could. I even have a plastic welder. I can just weld parts to it. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think this shroud, when you look at the, the Tron 5.5 or the Nitron or whatever, it looks it does look familiar. It looks similar, but then, I don't know. I wonder if and that's shroud. the same, if this is the same shroud that's in the N556. I don't know. I don't know either. Possibly. If it's taking yeah. the same size motor, why would you redesign it? Uh, yeah, why would you make another one? Right. So. To be honest, I think it is. I mean... Just I think it is without him saying it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, 
So that's out there. Guess you think a 3D printed one would hold up? I guess so. Uh, ABS or something that it would have to be, yeah, something like ABS or some type of composite filament. ABS, from what I have found out in the many years, uh, is not all it's cracked up to be. You have to. Well, that's what I'm saying. I I mean, what else could you use that would handle the temperature? PETG could probably do it. PLA Plus is actually really good, uh, and that stuff that uh, George was talking about is pretty good stuff too. But it's all, yeah. you know, it's all dependent on how thick the model is, too. Like, you can't print out something that's paper thin and leave it out in the sun, you know. Right, right. So quick. You know, that's going to be one problem with the fan shroud. You don't want to make it super thick. Right. Be heavy. So probably a PLA Plus is actually just, doing just, really good. Here, the thing is, you just print four of them, and you just put a new one on right. every weekend. Yep. Or to batch. <laughs> yep. Problem solved. Andy is the problem solver. <laughs> is that it for news announcements? That's all I have. You guys got okay. anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. I was looking. Okay. Let's move it on to what's next for you in the hobby. I pass. <laughs> what's next for you, Kevin? Uh, I'm going to be pass. driving. Another weekend of driving. Oh, yeah. You're, oh, you're yeah. Down, right? Yeah. So no probably nothing. That. Not going to be on Discord because I'm going to be in Jersey mm. um, Friday. My wife, first she yeah. says, am I driving you right to your sister's? Why don't I drive you right to your sister's? And then she changes it to, well, I want to see you. So why don't we? Why don't you come to the house before you go to your sister's and I'll take you up there the next day. I'm like, make up your damn mind, woman. <laughs> yeah right you're like yes dear whatever you say <laughs> no i definitely have said make up your mind woman yeah All but right. uh, that's it i'm not doing anything hobby related unfortunately yeah well i might fly some more maybe i still got to get the stupid ass camper put back together. oh you haven't done that <laughs> no Maybe I'll do. I'll try to do that this week. Yeah. Maybe fly this weekend. Coming next week. Yeah. Try not to crash before Dragonfly. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're going to see Steve Shaw there or not. He was talking about it, thinking about it. I doubt it. it. We'll see. The I only thing it. you know for certain is you never know. You never know. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Steve? So I'm going to be. Um... Shelfing my Kraken Nitro for now, because I'm going to take the stuff that I have in there and get ready for the raw, uh, the raw Nitro. Sorry. So it's probably the one heli I didn't really fly as much, and mm-hmm. I still enjoy flying my Black Nitro. So I don't see myself having the raw Nitro is going to be better. Having three Nitros, so I'm thinking I'll keep my Black Nitro for now, and I'll let's you know shelf the Kraken for now. Take the uh, take the electronics and the motor. And it's really I need a neo and a couple of things, you know. Um, and I'll put that in the raw. So nice. I'm hoping, and I know you know being on the, the team, I may have an opportunity to get it a little bit earlier than I think the projected mid July release. But I know I paid the invoice already. 
So I'm hoping it comes in the next three to five days. And if it does, then I might have it ready for um, Dragonfly. So oh, that would boy. Be cool. Yeah. That's wishful nice. thinking. It is wishful thinking, but, you know, I, one can hope, right? Raw. <laughs> All right, what about you, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, well, I'm going to be doing Discord, as always. Uh, try and do a little more wrenching, figure out what's going on with the Drake. Um, and then hopefully the ring comes in this week so I can go ahead and get my Nitro up and going again instead of look, looking all depressing on the wall. That's about all I've got going this week, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to try to get out there and you know at least get some flights in, shake out the cobwebs a little bit. Cool. Yeah, and maybe do some more memeing. Yes. Memeing. Yeah, I'm kind of falling behind. Yeah, I'm falling behind on that a little. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Is that it? Yeah. Listener pipeline then. We have a pipeline from a listener, or a listener pipeline, a voicemail. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. <clears throat> Hey, Free Fall guys, how y'all doing tonight? Got a little something for everybody. Ian Joel, wanted to tell you, man, thanks a lot for your loyalty and hanging in there every single Friday night for those sim sessions. You rock, man. You really do. And, and several other guys joining us, I think it's always great. You other guys, well, eh. Oh, you weren't there. Andy. <laughs> Gotta say, Andy, man, you, I know you're busy. What a busy guy, man, on that tractor riding around, harvesting all kinds of planting crops, irrigating, everything you got to do. Andy, I got to say, thanks a lot, buddy, for calling me out. Telling uh, Ian Joel he's building at my speed. Yeah. With that with concept or something, concept 30. Andy, fuck off, Andy. <laughs> Steve, yes, I agree with you 100% on the Go VR. Man, VR simming is awesome. It really gives you a completely different perspective once you do it. Uh-huh. It's very hard to go back. You know, you just don't want to do it. But uh, right now, I'm fortunate. I've got a buddy of mine that loaned me his supercomputer and his uh, VR headset for uh, a Valve Index headset, something other while he's gone uh, for the next four or five months. It's great. Finally, i got to talk to Kevin for a minute. Kevin, what the hell, man? You're not a Florida man. I'm not even seeing you. It's been a week. Seriously, come to work for us, man. The people have been saying great things about you, and all of a sudden, you're gone. I have not seen you in a week. I, I got to say, instead of the Florida man, you're the missing man. Seriously, have you been in the office at all this week, Kevin? I mean, it's great to have a new job, getting paid for it, I might say, but uh, not even being here. Mm-hmm. My gosh, what a way to be, man! Welcome, brother. Glad you're with us, and uh, looking forward to more of those days that uh, you don't make it to work. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> anyway, you guys have a great night. Thanks again. See you again soon. At some event in the near future, maybe Archa, twenty twenty one. See ya. All right. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thanks, That's Steve. awesome. He's the best. He is, and I haven't seen him around the office when I'm there. Uh, I don't know. Just he's in. Sometimes I'm there. Sometimes we're both there. But it's been uh, training from home this past week. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. I'm only doing what I'm told, Steve, by the boss. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. 
All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Okay. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yep. No. Yes. Wrap up. Yes. Yep. Wrap up. No. No. No wrap up. No. End it. Whatever that means. Yes. No. No wrap up. Let's go straight to the outro. Yeah. Um, Outro it. Yeah. Yeah. This episode's gone a little bit long, and I gotta. I gotta go to bed. Get my beauty rest. I know. Andy gotta go better get his beauty rest you know, sleep you know. For a year. it's not been working you know kevin's half <laughs> drunk in the bag with a slurry speech you know i have can't not had a that. drop of alcohol since i got to florida i haven't had time doesn't sound like it so says the person that slurred their speech but yeah okay <laughs> oh man kevin's drying up oh man <laughs> all right on that note drop us an itunes review we'll read the review on the next episode email us at free4c at gmail.com like us on facebook facebook.com slash free4c podcast check out our webpage free4c podcast.show say hi to chris hey chris hi chris flight test forums off the field audio and video productions other than flight test podcast free4c podcast say hi to david hill aka hilda flyer hey dave david hill hi david hill yeah, also say hi to Rocky Boy over there. Rocky Boy. Hey, Rocky Boy. Hey, Rocky All right. Boy. Fellow podcasters, we have the Helly Heads podcast. Helly Heads. That's with uh, Kyle Stacy and those other guys. Yeah. Telerotor podcast. <laughs> Telerotor is with uh, Shaggy and those other guys. Shaggy and those yeah. other guys. <laughs> RC Roundtable. <laughs> That's with uh, Fitzwalker uh, and those other two guys. Yeah, they're going to hate us. Uh, RC After Hours. <laughs> That's with uh, Andre. Andre and no other guys. With no yeah, other no guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Skids up. That's with Frank and uh, Javier and that other guy, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Inverted <laughs> Down Under. <laughs> with Ozzy Mozzy and Jeff. Yep. Park Flyer Podcast. That's with those two other guys. Three other guys. <laughs> Yeah, two, two maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. DDRC Heli Podcast. <laughs> That's with Rich and Kenny, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. RC Plane Lab. Oh, man. With Ron and Tom. Okay. And All Things That Fly. With Lucian Miller and Moose. Okay. Make sure to check out Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Or not. Nah, he's he's been killing it with some Helifest videos, so he's check it out. Me. Bill, 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 I don't want to talk about Bill good, too much. Good work, he an, Bill. He got an ego. Way to go, Bill. You're the man. Yeah. Keep pissing Kevin off. Keep it's producing those Tron videos. <laughs> you think I don't see? I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Uh, done there? Yeah. All right, cool. So thanks to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Free us, guys, and we'll see you next time. Love you, Bill. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Sorry, I had to bail in the middle of that. Oh, that's all right. Bail? You were gone? Yeah, I'm gone. Mom ended up knocking on the door. I went on mute, and she's like, you know, I got to go to the hospital. And oh, shit. She, she was having uh, chest pain and everything, and...
So I went ahead and called her an ambulance, but I think it's just uh, her. Uh, she's already partially on oxygen. Yeah. Ian, she mainly. Your, your mom said she she needed to go to the hospital, and you didn't stop the podcast. Wow, man. Yeah, why didn't you take her to the hospital? Who muted? Who who, uh, who muted me? I wasn't muted. I didn't do it. Speak of you, not me. Might have been me. I was clicking around trying to get Kevin. God damn it, Steve! (laughs) 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 So that's how I mute people. I don't know what you mean by is my feed. Maybe it's just me. Do you guys hear it, Steve? I hear it. It almost sounds like you you start talking. It almost sounds like like you slow down and you slur a little. Yeah. Okay. Like like, have you been hitting the bottle a little? (laughs) <laughs> no, not at all. I've been out of work for probably four hours now, so, you know, it's okay. Yeah, no. no okay. I've been working from home since last Friday. <laughs> Even more that so. Been, <laughs> been drinking all week. I've been drinking all week, dude. I bet there's a pile of bottles in the middle of the room. <laughs> right. There is no pile of bottles. Clink, clink, clink. He doesn't have bottles. He buys in bulk. Actually, I haven't had a drink since I've been down here. Oh, my God. Yep. Florida changed you too much. It has. It really has. Where do I go to find the stuff about this raw nitro, Steve? SAB's Facebook page. Why don't Can you get it on their okay? webpage? I hear you. Okay, cool. It's, it's like everyone else. They do Facebook first now. Oh, fucking God damn it. I'll try to find it on Facebook web. You got a fucking web page. What are they using it for? Space. <sighs> Did you see that uh, Mark Zuckerberg asked Roger Waters if, if he could use a Pink Floyd song for something, and Roger Waters told him to go F himself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? That's one more reason like Pink Floyd. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Why don't they just have a page with the fucking specs on it? You, you gotta look at every single one of these stupid posts that says something different. Yep. Ah, fuck them then. Jeez. Which isn't like a huge difference, but... um. It's enough that you can't have one boom that works on both of them, though. That yeah. Sucks. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Does it come so with the a boom? Parts, I think it comes with one, yeah. Or is it just a little fizzle? <laughs> <laughs> a little what? A fizzle? Yeah. <laughs> That's an old lumberyard no. joke, man. When we had trucks back no. in the day with delivering sheetrock, got called up and said, okay. you got a boom truck? We said, no, but it backfires a lot. <laughs> That's stupid. I love it. (laughs) That's me. Uh, That's what I'm all about. Talk about the (laughs) raw. Kevin's middle name. Stupid. (laughs) Stupid, but I love it. That's awesome.